Hey there. I'd like to begin this episode by thanking Matthias Krupa, Industrial Robot, JD, Tim Schumacher, and Patrick Dickinson. All of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and pledged and helped us do what we do here. Uh, we understand uh, things are real rough right now, and we appreciate everybody who uh, has been able to uh, kick us a couple of bucks because, you know, lots of uncertainty going on right now. But we're here. We're not going anywhere. And that is thanks to you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Legend of Grimrock 2, which is a first-person role-playing game developed and published by Almost Human for the PC in 2014, which I yeah. used to think was the worst year. 2014? Yeah. 2014 is bad. But then, <laughs> uh-oh, there comes 2015. <laughs> oh, boy. 2016, hold my beer. 2017, not great. Yeah. 2018, mm. yeah. And of course, 2019. Who could mm. forget? <laughs> now 2020. So. I just, I just needed to light that match so, I, so, so we could get the stink out of the air. Shit yeah. sucks, but this game is amazing. Yeah, 2014 wasn't good, but yeah. video games are still good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is one of the best games we've done for the show. Uh, it's up there. It's in the pantheon yeah. for sure. Putting in the pantheon, putting in like the. You know the top fifteen, top twenty pantheon or so. Yeah, uh, this is this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful video game, and the fact that I finally like took the the plunge on this, we have to thank uh, Rowan, our mm -hmm. patron, who executive produced this. Yeah, uh, and thank Rowan, you, Rowan. Thank you very much, Rowan. Um, uh, Rowan gave us a little bit of latitude um, on whether to do Grimrock Two or Grimrock One. A lot 1. of attitude. Uh, no, he no, was actually very pleasant and understanding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you're the one who dealt with them, I guess. But um, yeah, but um, uh, we decided to go with Grimrock 2 because uh, it didn't seem like we were going to do both of them. And Grimrock 2 is bigger in scope and more varied. Uh, they obviously learned a lot of lessons from Grimrock 1. So if mm -hmm. we were going to go in and do just one, we wanted it to be the spicy one. Well, it's it's better. Yes. Um, and it, it's it's better, and it's this is a very mechanics forward game. Yes. So it's not like we're missing out too much on the narrative. No, there's the, there's one. almost no connection between the stories. Yeah. 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 And the the stories themselves are also very very kind of uh, backgrounded. 
yeah in these games um i had played grimrock one i think that we did a check it out comrade mm -hmm. on it and i loved it but i've never quite beat it mm -hmm. and i always knew like oh grimrock 2 is out there just waiting for me it's like mm -hmm. a, a you know a, a fun joyland mine in yeah. the future for whenever i feel like playing it uh and i'm really this is i, li I like grimrock one a lot um this is a lot better yeah uh, this is this reminds me of the golf. It reminds me a lot of like a Baldur's Gate one to Baldur's Gate two. That's a pretty good pick comparison based on what you said. Glow up, yeah. You know, um, even with without the narrative constraints, like it's probably still worth playing Grimrock one because you mm -hmm. want some more Grimrock. The same way it's worth playing Divinity Original Sin one because you want more, you know, more DOS. But mm -hmm. this is, uh, I'm really glad this is the one we're doing for the show, and I yes. had absolute joy. Basically front to back, mm -hmm. like for this whole thing. This is so extremely my shit <laughs> um, to to a degree that like, I don't know, is eerie, <laughs> eerily my shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, like for me, yeah. you know, I I really loved Ultima Underworld when we did it and this gave me a lot of similar kind of similar mm -hmm. feel and energy uh to that. A lot of Kingsfield feel to this. A lot too. of Kingsfield to this as well. Uh there's a lot of mist to this actually yes. which i am like I, I way like down it. for yeah i i i like the i think that the the hit to miss ratio and this i'm sure this is a bullet point later but i'm just in with the miss comparison that's that's just fine the the hit to miss ratio and the amount of rigor for these puzzles is about perfect for me yeah there are like, only a couple that feel like they are out of sequence and those are easy ones that are put way too late in the game not hard yeah. ones that are put or, too early and a couple that require uh, reflexes, yes. which I'm not super crazy about. But generally, I think, uh, you know, because I, I like puzzle games. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not I don't go in for the like, we're going to puzzle fuck your brain until it's a gray lump, you know, right, on right. the ground kind of puzzle games. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't I don't think Mist is that like I like Mist. Mm -hmm. I, I like the puzzles in this. I don't think it's a you know, I'm not saying a better game than Mist, you know, but I like the puzzles. In this. These puzzles are exactly my speed. Yeah. It's it hit my exact like all of these leaps of intuition are incredibly uh, satisfying. Mm -hmm. They all feel manageable and good. Yeah, um, you know, and nothing feels like oh fuck man. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have that like late Baba is you like <laughs> fuck man. Yeah. You know, or the the feeling that, oh this is just going to be a chore. Yes. Like a lot of the ones that I felt when you look at them and you're like oh this will be a chore to do. Mm -hmm. I know what to do, but it's gonna be a chore to actually do it. AKA the Soul Reaver you know yes. block pushing yeah. terrible uh they did the thing they do with the block pushing puzzles in this is so fucking genius <laughs> uh and and i just i don't know like we'll we'll get into it but i just yeah, yeah. I, the puzzle hit ratio is just incredible mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's what i'm here for like i would play this even without the combat and the combat is actually really good <laughs> yeah the combat's really fun too and gives adds a sense of danger and increases mm -hmm. the feeling of atmosphere uh, quite a bit like this is this is a really holistically strong yeah yeah uh game so yeah. and and this is you know it's on the indie spectrum so some people probably don't know about it so uh first thing you know the this generalities will serve as a sales pitch mm -hmm. you can decide if this is for you uh second thing um i don't think like we're going to talk about some specific puzzles and secrets and stuff so i think that it is best to play this without having listened to the whole episode yeah you know, so so decide if you want to play this. It's also something where we're going to describe this combat, which I think is extremely good and fun. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to sit down with it and be like, this is the dumbest shit that I've ever done. <laughs> like, this is a big cilantro game, I think, huh. in terms of the combat specifically. Yeah. Because I, I, I can just imagine, not in terms of puzzles or atmosphere or whatever, but I can just imagine someone being like, yeah, I can't have my four dudes 
marching lockstep and doing this robotic dance around people and find fun in that. If yeah. you can find, like, I found tons of fun in it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is my my shit. Like, I think mm-hmm. it is objectively very good holistically. The combat is a acquired taste, but yeah. I have that taste extremely strongly. Yeah, it took a while to get used to, but I eventually really, really got into it. Yeah. Good shit. So so listen to this episode, but play this fucking game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Extremely good. Play this game where you play as a party of four adventurers. You're stranded on this island uh, that is ruled by a hostile, cloaked uh, wizard kind of guy called the Island Master. And you're kind of forced to fight these monsters and solve puzzles to earn your escape as the Island Master leaves notes to taunt you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's a real jerk. Um. So this is kind of a uh, a modern version of a grid-based first-person RPG dungeon crawler, like Dungeon mm-hmm. Master, Eye of the Beholder, or even like a little bit like Wizardry or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, with a good amount of Kingsfield and Ultima Underworld thrown in. Um, one big difference between it and like Wizardry in some of those games is that's turn-based, uh, which we'll which we'll get into. Yeah, um, Wizardry you, is turn-based. This is not. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Wizardry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Wizardry is turn-based. This is real time. Mm-hmm. Um, you move around tile to tile. Um, and you can strafe or turn, mm-hmm. like you have six moves, uh, to get your party in position, and your party occupies one tile, standing yeah. two by two like fucking weirdos. It's it's funny because the first game actually has an, an explanation for that. Like, you are chained together in such a way that you cannot separate. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this, no, no, you just you just kind of like being, be, being around each other. You get scared. Yeah. It's a scary island. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels good. You're exchanging <laughs> long protein strands. Yep. You know? I can't think of a better the, way to do it. The entire time, you know. Uh, um, and you have to get really comfortable with this weird control scheme. Yeah. There's a, there's like a rhythm to it, too. Like you press, you mm-hmm. know, you like you, you, you press to move and you'll do like a little like, you know, ease acceleration over to it. And you can actually like dial in moves ahead of time. Um, yeah. you know, and that got me a couple of times, you know, before I really got used to the feel of it. And that is also upset by like different injuries you can get. So you really want to, you know, just get used to this and internalize the timing of that because the enemies are not going to cut you a break. Yes. Yeah. This is a game with, uh, you know, something that tends to be part of my recipe for like really great games is mm-hmm. this demands a lot of rigor. Uh, this is a hard game. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, combat is very difficult, um, not, and it's difficult on two axes. It's difficult numerically. It's also difficult strategically and kind of positioning wise. Yeah. You can't cross through an enemy's square. You can't cross through an enemy's square and being, so combat ends up not just being the relationship between you and the enemy. It's also, uh, environmental awareness Yes, and, utilizing choke points and making sure that you don't get surrounded, mm-hmm. uh, these things. So there is a strategic layer to this, uh, in addition to the reflex yes. layer. Um, so you have to do these kind of fast maneuvers to avoid attacks, but also be aware, like, and the, the, once I figure this, like saw this, like once mm-hmm. you see, see through it, the dungeons are full of little dead ends mm-hmm. that you can back into that. There's no point into other than that. You can trap yourself in there as you're, engaging in combat yeah and being aware of those mm-hmm. and internalizing that you roll that into your combat brain mm-hmm. like so because it's in real time you're making a lot of like really quick decisions like 
I know how this guy moves. I know what the hall, the shape of the hallway behind me mm -hmm. is to get back to that four by four room where I can fight this guy comfortably. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can pull it off in reverse going backwards <laughs> right. while facing this guy. Yeah. That's incredible. Like that is, <laughs> that is a really, really fun, interesting and pretty unique gameplay challenge. Yeah. You know, including like making a decision on a dime. Cause like you, I had basically two broad strategies. If I had one or two enemies that I was managing, it was a dance you know, you want mm -hmm. to move out of the, you know, basically not be adjacent to them when they when they attack so you can dodge. Um, but whenever there were a lot of enemies, it immediately became, okay, find, <laughs> find a place where none of them can get behind me or to the side of me so only one can attack at a time. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I will points. like, I will end up like face tanking some of the damage because I won't be able to move, but at least I will not be attacked on all sides. Yeah. The, the four Spartans. Yes. <laughs> on the bridge yeah um and and kind of doing that quick triage yes uh for that is just super super good mm -hmm. super good yeah um each character attacks independently um and each ability has so you can have two you have two hands um and two sets of equipment yeah and each ability has a cooldown uh, so you can't just spam attacks and there are different rows as well Yes, it's a it's a two by two grid formation. You've got your back party members that will not be able to hit enemies um, uh, unless they have a ranged weapon or spells. Your um, front uh, party members will be able to do their melee attacks and such, but they will also take the brunt of the damage. Uh, however, if they attack you from behind or to the side, the two characters who are facing the attacking enemy there they will take the brunt of the damage they will be more likely to be hit they will take more damage etc so like yes. your back you know your back row is not always you know less vulnerable you have to keep an eye on it and this is a first person game uh so there's mm -hmm. a fair amount of paranoia and listening for audio cues to see if something is yeah. behind you yeah um and you know that that plays into a weird kind of simulationist fairness bent yeah. In this game, like enemies will spawn in uh, based on like traps and such. Yeah. But they all exist. Like they're in a secret room that opens when something happens. Mm -hmm. There aren't random encounters. The enemies that are in the dungeon are in the dungeon. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll repopulate if you give it enough time. But uh, so there's a paranoia there, but there's also just, again, awareness. Like, yeah. You don't leave threats behind because they will sneak up on your backside. Mm -hmm. Like that. Yeah. Um, weapons have different special abilities, weapons and, uh, magical items, um, which you hold their icon for a while and yeah. this consumes energy. Uh, so do spells. Um, but this is something, these are special attacks. You need certain skill thresholds to get to those. Yes. And only, sir, you know, not every weapon has them, you know, your basic mm -hmm. starting equipment will not necessarily let you do this, but these do cool things. Like they have knockback, they have elemental damage, et cetera. Um, things like that. Um, and those have cooldowns just like all of your other, all of your other skills. So you can't just like yes. spam, you're going to be, you know, kind of just looking for, you know, attacks to be ready to go and knowing which one to use on which enemy if it's available to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, they also have that time commitment where you have to hold down the yes. buttons <laughs> to charge them up, which adds another kind of, uh, plate you're spinning. Mm-hmm in terms of this thing so for something that is on a grid and everyone is just kind of taking their turns like this could have been wizardry like this mm -hmm. could have been final fantasy one like characters standing and just like soaking up damage and hitting each other but it is very active yes um you know you um, you do not get to fall asleep during combat during this ever it's really stressful too because if you need to recover uh things do not pause when you go into your inventory 
Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, if you are out of potions and you need to hastily mix some, you know, that involves like getting distance that involves putting a lot of, you know, twists and turns between you and the enemy. So you can can go mix them up on the fly. You have to go in and you know right click on the um, thing in your inventory if it is not equipped to one of your hands. Uh, casting spells uh, takes a long mm-hmm. time uh, or takes a little bit. You know, it's more effort than just uh, clicking to attack because you have to trace out a little pattern. Yeah, the real time aspect of this gives you just a lot to manage. Yep. And it, it's very, you know, and since time doesn't cha- you know, pause while you're in your inventory, mm-hmm. some of my favorite moments of combat in this game were running away and keeping out of the corner of my eye what was going on on the screen mm-hmm. and kiting an enemy while fucking around in my inventory. Yep. <laughs> Which is, again, there's a simulation that's meant yeah. to this. Like, that feels real, right? Like, it's a little bit like the uh, inventory stuff in The Last of Us, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the right thing, where it's like, not pausing during inventory is a powerful tool. Yes. You know, for adding, uh, like, a realistic stress mm-hmm. to things. Um, super, super good. Yeah. And also, like, when you find a quiet moment, taking a break from the stress to go in and do your inventory Tetris and make sure everybody's holding the right thing and managing your encumbrance. Like that is, I don't know, maybe I just had a hunger for that kind of like tedium tax. I don't know. I like managing inventories. It it doesn't feel like tedium to me. It feels like preparation. Yes. Like uh, I need to be prepared for everything. So who's got healing potions on Mm -hmm. their second set? Um, you know, what, what is everyone carrying? Does everyone have a, a piece of food? Because there are battles in this game. They'll be long enough that you have to eat a dinner <laughs> uh, in the middle of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, is, is everybody set? Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And that, that feeling is extremely empowering. Yes. Like, you know, I am as prepared as I can be for this. Mm-hmm. I have gained knowledge. I have my avatars yeah. prepared. Let's fucking do this. I've and mixed you up are, my grenades. Yeah. I've mixed up my grenades. I have uh, these three throwing knives, and I know I'm going to default to these darts. And then I have rocks uh, <laughs> for when those run out. Um, I am going into the unknown, which this mm-hmm. game has an incredible sense of atmosphere, which we'll talk about. Yeah. And, you know, you need something to meet it, like empowering the player to meet that atmosphere and meet that foreboding uh, kind of feeling is just really, really a feat. Yes. It is a tremendous feat. Um, yeah. Uh, so you're not just like taking health damage, you know, you're, you know, there, your, your HP is not distraining as a result of attacks, you know, critical hits and, you know, particular, uh, enemies or hazards can inflict injuries. Um, and this is kind of like Deus Ex a little bit where you can take mm-hmm. limb damage. So it's like a damage, uh, it's an injury that is associated with every part of your body that you can equip something on. So head, torso, right arm, left arm and feet. And these, like, mess around with your abilities. Uh, You cannot attack with an injured hand, which for me oftentimes involves switching the items. Like, god damn it, my left arm's broken. I need to to attack with my (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) It keeps happening. (laughs) This island is so horrible. Um, You know, know, it'll it'll stop you from casting spells. It'll slow you down. It'll uh, reduce your uh, carry carry capacity, things like that. Uh, These Mm -hmm. can really mess you up. Yeah. Uh, and in addition, in addition to those, there are status effects. Yeah. Um, and so there are poison, uh, disease, paralysis, petrification, um, and all of them are uh, darkness, I think, is the other one. Yeah, darkness. Um, they're all big deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these things are okay. Yeah. The way you get rid of them, typically, uh, the status effects have specific things to get rid of them, um, but is by taking a healing potion. So yeah. you can heal hit points uh, or you can heal a broken leg mm-hmm. with a healing potion. 
um, which is a good reason to keep a lot of low value healing potions mm -hmm. uh, on characters, you know, just for that. Because if you fall down a pit uh, to go look for treasure and somebody breaks a leg, you can address that right away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the party, uh, party creation and composition, kind of the things that are available to you. Um, I rolled with the default party at the beginning of this. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same for everybody, like down to character names or whatever, but you can, you know, go through and get more granular control over each character's race and class. Yeah. I, I will, I will never not create characters Yes, in a video game. It is the Gary Butterfield promise. <laughs> so I, I made my, my characters, but the, the downside of that was I did have like a three or four hour false start oh, yeah. in this and ended up starting over with something I thought was more advantageous once I had a, uh, some, some more additional understanding. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about the different races mm -hmm. uh, here and then the different classes because uh, they're all pretty different. Um, this is a game where you can do pretty ridiculous challenge runs and yes. stuff. I'm partway watching somebody do a solo uh, run of it where a, a single character. How? Run of the game, which <laughs> is uh, pretty, it's pretty incredible. Uh, you play as a farmer. <laughs> uh, it's, it's how you do it. Uh, and you just get really good at the combat. And for the first like half of the game, it takes a long time. And then you break mm -hmm. the game over your knee because of the experience system Yeah, yeah. Uh, for farmers. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you have your basic uh, humans who are flexible, they gain experience a little bit faster. I think they start with additional skill points. Yeah, yeah. Um, real kind of D&D kind of thing. You get your extra feet or what have you. Uh, mm -hmm. The Minotaurs are kind of like the um, the half-orc. You know, again, if we're doing the D&D comparison, they have higher strength and vitality, but they get hungry faster. <laughs> so mm -hmm. so my, um, min my Minotaur barbarian ended up also being my, uh, my pantry. Yeah. They also uh, have a penalty to accuracy. Okay. I rolled with three Minotaurs in my party. Um, <laughs> beef boys. So it was, it was, it was big, big boy. It was beef boy squad. It was a beef. It was a real beef house. <laughs> you didn't tell me this was going to be a beef house. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a real, uh, real beef house uh, thing. But also all these races have unique feats as well, which we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah. Or quirks or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, there are lizard men um, who are your dex uh, characters. They have some natural armor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that yeah you've got uh insectoids which are good casters with natural armor i didn't get a chance to see what their what their downside was though i forget what uh what their problem is uh it's like a stat yeah, yeah. penalty and stuff mm -hmm. they also um i think insectoids also have a uh, resistance to having limbs uh crippled yeah yeah which i didn't realize would be so you know i didn't take any but i it would actually be very powerful. Actually, no, I do have one. My alchemist was was one. Mm -hmm. But that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And this. Yeah. Uh, then you have ratlings uh, who are, uh, you know, they have high dex and evasion. They're immune to disease. And also they have a bonus where they can randomly get stat ups if you feed them cheese. Which well, so, is fun. So three, three of the races have favorite foods. Okay. Where they can randomly get uh, stat ups. Gotcha. Uh, I think it is um, insectoids like eating the eggs. Uh, rats like the cheese and lizard men have one. The humans and mantars don't. Gotcha. Um, the ratlings both like get random stat ups just for leveling up as well. Yeah. Um, so they have a chance to get a random stat. Mm -hmm. uh, a random stat is less good than you might think. Uh, just because it's like, well, I, I don't really need that stat. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and if you if you're playing with an alchemist, you eventually will be able to gain a lot of stats. Yeah, you'll get the ability to you know mix those up uh and speaking of alchemists we can talk about the classes here um alchemists mm -hmm. are confusing because like mixing potions is not necessarily a combat role you know it's just yes. an ability that you want to put skill points into uh their combat role is actually with firearms 
Yes. Uh, so the the uh, the way firearms work in this game is they have a chance to jam. Yeah. Um, alchemists reduce that chance. Um, the biggest for me, uh, and and I used an alchemist, but I didn't touch a firearm in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, biggest thing for me is that alchemist uh, herbs reagents multiply in their inventory. They pocket mulch. They pocket mulch. Uh, this is uh, I can't imagine doing the game without this. <laughs> right. I mean, I know people have. Again, there's that guy who's doing a single player right. or a single character run through. But like this to me was such a powerful ability and was the reason why I succeeded in the game. Yeah. Was a healthy supply of potions that came from my alchemist, who was mm-hmm. also my, my caster in, in my game. Yeah. Um, so. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the trade-off with firearms versus uh, missile weapons is you can't retrieve the ammo. Right. So you get more ammo, but it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually you do get the ability to carry around a literal cannon, which is fun. Mm-hmm. You pick it up <laughs> off a giant rat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have barbarians, uh, which have high health and strength, also kind of counterintuitively. I think they're some of the best with ranged weapons, like missile weapons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the first game, that's our big pro tip is uh, using a barbarian in the back row mm-hmm. with uh, with missile weapons, like maxing out throwing yeah. uh, things. Uh, barbarians gain a point of strength every level, mm-hmm. uh, which will definitely add up. Yeah. In addition, you also have battle mages uh, who are mm-hmm. kind of frontline mages who can wear armor without necessarily taking a penalty. I didn't use these things primarily because you warned me off of them. Yeah. Mine kept dying. Yeah. Uh, frontline mage did not end up working for my party comp. I'm sure it can work, but yeah. it did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, fighter uh, is a melee uh, character, yeah. uh, a little bit more defense oriented mm-hmm. than barbarians. Um, and knights are very similar. Yeah, um, it is like a fighter, but with even more armor and evasion. Like yeah. really, just there for for tanking damage. Yeah, it's more like the difference between those is like a stat. It's like a stat difference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, rogues give you uh, ranged criticals, which is really important. Mm-hmm. They're kind of meant to be in the back row. Um, so they're a bit of a counterpart to uh, barbarians there. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a dual wield build as well. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Rogues get a reduced penalty for dual wielding. If you don't have that, it, it kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then wizards, which are pure casters meant for the back lines. Uh, I had one of these and he was my MVP. Meteor Swarm mm-hmm. for life. I uh, I ended up using my alchemist as a wizard because gotcha. as we'll, we'll find out the classes are not prescriptive in what you can do. It's a skill based system. It's just for those little perks, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a weird thing where I had my alchemist hold all my reagents, <laughs> and then had a rogue uh, in the back mm-hmm. who was my missile weapon guy mix all like actually put use the alchemy skill. Okay. So I just like transferred my alchemy sack over to him when I needed to make potions. Yeah. And then uh, ended up using the alchemist. Uh, to do all the magic because of the stat boost mm-hmm. uh, that he gets. So he has more health than a wizard yeah, uh, and stuff. And I stole that tip from internet. Gotcha. The internet was like, try this. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. Oh, that works. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it works pretty well. Uh, magic is, is really powerful mm-hmm. uh, in the game, which we'll, we'll talk about at length. Yeah. Um, there's also the farmer, uh, which is the like joke class uh, for a thing where you have no additional abilities, low hit points, um, and you don't gain levels through combat. You gain levels through eating, mm-hmm. you know, like a farmer, <laughs> like a farmer does. <laughs> um, it's actually extremely powerful. I think it's like six food per level for the first Jeez. 15 levels. Wow. So that is, that is why the, uh, the person doing this single character thing has done a farmer because he has four people's you know worth of food. Yeah. 
uh, in the game. The game also budgets out food as if you're going to be stuck on puzzles for a while. Yes. So there's plenty of food in the game. Like it, mm -hmm. it does a lot to create a, a sense of danger without too much actual danger. Mm -hmm. um, so I can understand the appeal of the farmer now that I've gone through the game. Well, especially if you like, make a beeline for the Stormbreach sewers and go to that weird little fish shrine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, hello. Yep. Unlimited. Or if you spend uh, time in the herder boss fight and just because you can just farm up. Oh, yeah. Their yeah. heads, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just eat them forever and just, you know, get up to level 15, like, basically really quickly. Yeah. Head munchers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can also assign traits, which are a little bit like perks or feats uh, at creation. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, just some of these come by, you know, by your class. Uh, some of them come from your race. Uh, there are also ones that you can gain through either skill point allocation, like, me you know, meeting certain requirements. Or, you know, there are like, there's at least one that comes from a book that you get. The, uh, the party a... leader one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually the only one, ah, yeah. the party leader one, which is really interesting. Um, I was expecting more of those once I found that. Mm -hmm. uh, books are extremely powerful in this game. Yes. Um, check just, them out. Just like in real life. <laughs> just like in real life. The um, So the uh, uh, you have these little, these little perks. Um, you gain those skills. At level ups, you get a bonus to skill. You get a skill point mm -hmm. with that. And depending on your race and or class, you'll get bonus to stats. Yes. Um, and again, these are not specialized so if it makes sense to do a barbarian as your backline range character there's no mm -hmm. reason not to do that yes if you're using a range weapon that uses strength um as its thing that will character will be very powerful you don't have to make a ranger yeah. you know a rogue if you don't want to mm -hmm. um also everyone can pick locks yes uh, <laughs> which i think i wish i knew going into the game mm -hmm. you know, i didn't really my lvp ended up being my range character who was useful because he was my alchemist yeah. but was consistently doing the least damage mm -hmm. um of all my characters and if i had it to do over again i would have made that a wizard and had a ba I had had two wizards and two barbarians and i would have been pretty good i think yeah that probably would have that probably would have sufficed yeah, that is not necessarily yeah. intuitive that everybody can pick locks. It's not like a skill or a trait yeah, that you get. It's an item. Yeah. 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 Um, so the magic skills are different than the others, uh, specifically mm -hmm. because there are four schools of magic. Actually, it's like weirdly, the game is fixated on the four elements and their locations five, cool. to each other. Yeah, five. well, the, the five was a spoiler, <laughs> Gary. The game is fixated on these on these elements um, and you have to invest points in them separately. Um, I would actually recommend, and I saw this on the before I play, so I don't feel bad about it, spoiling yourself on the um, spell list. Uh, specifically mm -hmm. because there are uh, certain spells that you're absolutely going to need to use. And it's not necessarily intuitive that like to cast fireball, you need three points in fire and one in air. Yeah. There's this basic, um, there's kind of a similar system, a little bit to tyranny where yeah. like the air part is the shape of the spell. Yeah. You know, and the uh, the fire part is the element of the spell. Yeah. So it's not strictly true, mm -hmm. but the reason why you need air for anything is to throw a bolt of something. Yes. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. For it to be a projectile and not just something that, you know, bursts in front of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, So you have this little grid of runes in your lower left when you... Uh, Certain you know, wizards and mages can do this without an item. Mm -hmm. Every other character who has a skill needs like a focus, yeah. like either a wand or an orb or a staff. All three are powerful words. <laughs> um, and then you draw a little shape um, 
for the spell in a system that was in Grimrock One and is definitely influenced by Arcspace Hallis. Yeah, yeah. If I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you cast the spell. Um, you can do this in advance and draw the little shape and be ready to cast the spell, but you have to draw it every time you cast the spell. Yes. And they're not complicated. We're not talking about like Dawn of Sorrow runes <laughs> here, you know, but it does add again that little bit of extra uh, cognitive action. Yes. To the uh, to the game. It takes effort. And if you're doing this while you're trying to avoid uh, attacks or get in position, you know, because a lot of the spells only uh, affect the, the area right in front of you. Um, it's a lot to do, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you are, you know, it is not just a spell where you're clicking one rune and then, you know, letting her rip. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it thematically uh, adds a lot to where, like, the more complicated the spell, the more complicated the shape is. Yeah, yeah. I like I like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and something about the spells, you don't actually have to learn the spell before you cast it. Like you can just sit around and like trace runes and see if something comes out of it. Um, yeah. If you have the um, ability points, if you have the skill points invested to, you know, to cast the spell, uh, it'll just go. It'll say, hey, you learned X, Y and Z. You do find spell scrolls in the world, but they're just instructions. They show you, hey, mm-hmm. use this rune to cast this particular spell. Um, and they don't work like scrolls and like D and D where they are single use items to either learn the spell or to cast a, cast an instance of it. It's literally just like a manual. Yeah. Yep. And so you can use a guide mm-hmm. for that as well. So not only to get the guide to get the requirements, but also to get the shape yep. of the spell. It also means you don't have to hold on to these, which I will talk about that when we start talking about the economy. Yes. Um, in the game. But uh, the spell spell system is neat. There's also, in addition to those elemental spells, there are basic spells, mm-hmm. which are non-elemental that end up being very powerful. Yeah. Um, another kind of pro tip to the game is uh, get acquainted and familiar and use the light spell rather than having a chump torchbearer. Yep. Um, it is much better. Yeah. Uh, you don't so, want to waste somebody's hand. That hand could hold a potion <laughs> or it could hold a weapon. That hand could hold your hand. The yeah. hand could exchange long protein strands. Like you don't, you don't need to. Uh, I would love if you could drag the hand icons over to people so they hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> and they get a little bonus like in Fire Emblem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the way uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, on-site procurement mm-hmm. uh, in terms of equipment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just scattered throughout the world. You start out with nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, and you don't get equipment from enemies generally. Right. Um, you get it from solving puzzles and finding secrets. And there is a very satisfying power curve in this game of mm-hmm. starting out with branches and bones and ultimately ending up with named blades <laughs> uh, and shit. Yeah, um, this is great. I I love mm-hmm. starting with nothing and scrapping, just like literally killing turtles on the beach and going all the way to the end and killing a killing a dragon. How much did this game want to make you eat a turtle steak? Because for me, it was not insignificant. I I wish it was not a moral crime to do so. Uh, you know, did you I, eat I don't. A I don't want a mock turt steak. Um, mm. I know their eggs are leathery from reading Hatchet, but <laughs> yeah, also would eat. Like this just this made me want to eat all of God's creatures, like in, in a way that a few games have. All God's creatures, big and tasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, a turtle like steak. a Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of character, like the dark side of Doctor <laughs> Doolittle. A, a Chef Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you just like you, it talks to you in your stomach. Yeah. Um, yeah, so going through it and, and killing these turtles, extremely satisfying because they're arrogant. Yeah. Um, 
and the uh, you know, you eventually that's how you get your equipment. Um, mm-hmm. as we mentioned. And one of the, the things that is hardest to get used to in this game, but mm-hmm. once you embrace it, uh, is is really, really satisfying. There's no economy this, uh, in this game. This this runs against the entire moral of twenty nineteen, which they which is that game economies matter. It doesn't they, they run do. against it. It's it's it stands it stands in relief to it. If this yeah, game has this is how the, to do it right. Yes. Uh the how to do it right is to eschew needing to sell stuff and actually have like a soft currency the best way to do it is to either uh, do it no half measures do it like this and have none um and do not just kind of do a half implementation that will not work throughout the game the lack of the ability to sell and buy things did not actually dissuade me from exploring and engaging with the game on its terms yeah yeah and the encumb- this uh, runs up against encumbrance stuff, mm-hmm. where one of the big lessons of Grimrock is learning, like, I had a short sword. I now have a long sword. I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, this can weigh down a button in a dungeon. This can just go on the floor. Yes. Like, I, I, there's no situation in which I'm going to come back and need this shittier weapon. I was a litter and- bug, man. <laughs> Oh, totally. Like you, you, you like leave only garbage, yeah. take only everything. Yeah. Like this, like, um, the, I was, I was, it takes a long time to be like, this was really good when I got it. I can't stand to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But I found the experience of coming around on that really kind of like immensely satisfying. Yeah. Like part of that inventory curve of just paring down your inventory to what you need, mm-hmm. but it, it it plays into the way you play the game as well, because thinking about the impermanence of things, like the usefulness of this named blade that is mm-hmm. worse than my current named blade. Yeah. Um, it pushing down a button so I can get further into this dungeon is the absolute maximum value it can have. Yes. And you can start extending that to consumables mm-hmm. because this game is not something you can go through with your like JRPG consumable hoarding. No. Uh, mindset like you do not hoard in this game you have to use what's available to you which puts you in that survivalist mindset that matches the theme Mm -hmm. like incredibly well like the the idea that like hey this sword is just good for propping up a door Mm -hmm. um made me feel like this war of mine or something like you know this this is this is privation in a real way like this potion you know this incredibly rare crystal that heals my entire party and brings everyone back to life two of my guys are dead in this boss fight mm-hmm. it's now or fucking never yeah like i could i could spend the whole game like resetting until i get this perfect or i can just use this thing the game's going to give me a handful of and this yeah. is exactly what they're for it just it, it turns you into an opportunist um yes. in a very good way right if, in know. the way you would be if you were on the island yeah <laughs> you know it's it's really good uh just and it's just remarkable how they still maintain a reward structure just by a giving you things that are interesting to do on their own terms but almost always putting something really cool beyond those beyond those obstacles and Mm -hmm. additionally like the power curve we talked about going from turtles to dragons or whatever um you know, you're you're pretty much always evenly matched or outmatched, right? This is not mm-hmm. a game that necessarily like gets a lot easier as it goes. Like, you know, when you backtrack through old areas, sometimes they even just spawn harsher enemies and they're behind you. Not always. Like you can yeah. do the uh, you know, I am level sixty in Dark Souls, I'm going through the going <laughs> I'm making a little errand trip through the through the undead berg and stomping stuff. You can do that. But, like, this is a game that stays very challenging throughout. Yeah. 
a really, really nice curve. Yeah. You know, and it has that stare effect that we talk about. Like when mm -hmm. you get a brand new powerful named blade, yeah. um, you do feel very powerful for a little bit or you get a new spell. Mm -hmm. um, and then that only lasts for a little bit of time and then you're behind the curve again and it's up to you to climb back up it. Yes. Um, the reward structure, you know, you talk about uh, like kind of how you get uh, empowered in this. I think that that is a really good, uh, I feel like I earned all of my cool shit. Mm-hmm in this game by putting them behind puzzles and complicated exploration challenges. Yeah. Like I never felt like I was just given a thing. Yeah. You know, and it's be because the puzzles are good, like in general, you know, as you mentioned, there are a few too easy ones later in the game. Mm -hmm. There's some that are reflex based that I'm not crazy about. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of them that are like, ah, you know, I don't really know how I was supposed to make that intuitive leap. Mm -hmm. Generally though, the arc went um, stuck on a puzzle. That puzzle is confined to one room. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing combat at the same time. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. um, I make the intuitive leap. I try it. I do the puzzle. I am rewarded with um, a really cool item, usually. Mm -hmm. uh, progress in the game. And the item gives me avatar strength that feeds the second half of the game, like feeds mm -hmm. the combat part of the game. Yeah. So, like, getting this this cool bow after doing this puzzle just, like, is hits all your reward, like, gamer treat centers. Mm hmm it's intrinsic and extrinsic value. Yes. To the puzzles. Yeah. Um, the puzzles are just incredibly well paced and meted out. Uh, many of them, you know, require you to learn a different way to look at the world, a different way to understand, you know, how like item throwing and dropping works, a different way to mm -hmm. understand that, like how, how like elevation changes things, you know, what is a one way move and what is, uh, you know, like what, what is a two way move uh, that I can mm -hmm. make, you know, and it's remarkable. It's ingenious how they get these this varied array of different kinds of puzzles, you know, mechanical puzzles like you would see in a mist. You have logic puzzles. You have like straight up riddles uh, that, that, that are present here. I love like, the riddles. They're so good. Riddles are good. Yeah. Um, even, even just the ones that are like, hey, here's a vague description of an area. Go and dig and you might find a treasure chest. Like very good, and like the mm -hmm. thing the thing about Grimrock too is like there's like the pa like the palette that they have to work with mechanically for the different tiles are it's pretty it's pretty simple, you know mm -hmm. like and they used every single combination of them exhaustively mixing these ingredients up with like switches and buttons pressure plates elevation changes. And like, you know, even just like looking at where you teleporters, <laughs> yeah, all, all this kind of stuff, keys, um, you know, like, and it feels like they did every single combination to make these incredibly varied and always teaching you something that you're going to need to know for one down the line. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of setting up examples yeah. you know taking principles from an earlier puzzle and using it in a later puzzle mm -hmm. um i really want to make a special uh honorable mention to how this game does like stokobon block puzzle yes stuff. um the reason why those suck uh generally or one reason <laughs> they suck like they suck for many reasons mm -hmm. one reason they suck though is that moving blocks is really slow you know uh and that this is uh it's just friction right like i'm mm -hmm. solving the puzzle and we talk about in puzzles how one of the worst places to exist in a puzzle is that I know what to do and now I just have to make it happen. Yes. You know, thing which is, can sometimes that can be a puzzle in and of itself, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just, you know, again, Soul Reaver, right? Being the shitty example of this. Right. Like, 
it just takes forever to move my avatar around <laughs> like, and stuff. Like, well, why why have they decided to use you know the, the the language that's available to them? You know, the 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 input that you have to put in, the animation and the sound, and the timing of things to 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 convince you that your avatar is exerting themselves to move this thing. Like, I don't want to yeah. see my dipshit dude like struggling to push this thing. I would rather just dial it in and see it move. <laughs> and and the reason why they they do that in in games generally is because it's more realistic. Yes. Here, uh, they they do a really clever thing where anytime you're moving a block, they're they're gigantic blocks. Mm-hmm. Your four guys holding hands were never going to be able to push this. Mm-hmm. But you they make them levitate. Yeah. Um. So you can just kind of tap them and they just go <laughs> and go immediately over. Um. So that is genius mm-hmm. because uh, one, it happens quickly. Two, it defines the Sogoban. Yeah, they can only move and, on the spaces that are activated. And later they start making those spaces where they cannot levitate, like dead mm-hmm. spots, part of the puzzle. Yeah. It is, it's a weirdly like within Legend of Grimrock 2 is my favorite Sokoban like. Mm-hmm. And there's only, yeah, there's maybe 10 block moving puzzles in the whole game. There aren't many. But just those, yeah, there aren't very many. Like just those ease of use things are just huge, mm-hmm. you know, and just it just being really, really clever that like, oh, OK, yeah. like this three by three grid is how I move in this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. I know the bounding box. You know, we we talk a lot about on the show about like a puzzle being a thing where you have the components mm-hmm. like, you know, what a puzzle is like. These are the these are the components of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's now to me to figure out how to use them. And this game does a really good job of signaling to you what those are. Yes. Yeah, I just, I don't know, Play, like playing this so shortly after um, Legend of Zelda just really made me like Dude. retroactively yeah. angry about block pushing puzzles where it feels like the designers are saying, isn't it cool how your character is moving this big stone thing? Isn't that impressive? I, and it's like, no. no, like the cool thing about this is that I figured it out. Let me do it. Yeah, the player <laughs> is the cool thing, not Link. Right. Like th- this this makes the puzzles in, in Ocarina of Time look like a fucking peanut. A peanut girl! <laughs> A motherfucking peanut! Um, like, it does not... Uh, Zil- Ocarina of Time does not bode well in comparison to this game. Yeah, like, yeah. Doing them right after each other was not great. And, and I think and I, th- I think that a lot of what makes this so good, you know, you, you know, even in comparison, is that everything is defined by these ingredients that work in a very particular kind of way. Whereas a lot of things in Zelda, it's very, like, bespoke for the situation. Or yes. things are not connected to each other. I like the torches and the door opens. With this, yes. there's very little of that just like pure, purely symbolic input that gets there's you an output. Huge simulation is spent. Yes. Yeah. In this, you know, and, and, and that's, uh, that's a really, really powerful thing in puzzles. Like yes. having physics behave consistently. Yeah. You know, it makes them make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when, when I figured out that you, these... could drop a, that you could drop a stone through a portcullis... <laughs> Yeah, like so good. Yeah. Or are the times you have to do it onto a pit? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, into a pit because there's a button down there. Uh-huh. You know, but I can't. I can't. You know, if I fall down there, it resets things, so yeah. I can drop the stone from above mm-hmm. to hit that thing. Like, just it makes sense within the physics. Um, puzzles in this game are often also uh, optional. Mm-hmm. Um, you do them to get treasures. Uh, the map is really dense with these kind of strange features that kind of show you like, hey, something might be hidden here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the game honors the, the, that, like that is one half of a proposition, mm-hmm. right? Like one half of what a game can do is say like, hey, there's secrets everywhere. Yeah. The other half of what the game can do is make those secrets worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? So like 
this game with all of its secrets and stuff, if you just had the intrinsic reward for doing them, it would not be fun if you got 10 silver pieces <laughs> from, from, or like one fourth of an herb piece yeah. from this. Like you almost always get something significant. Yeah. Every once in a while you get something that won't work for your, your build, but you have mm -hmm. four characters. So you have kind of a widespread yeah. for builds. Um, you know, if you don't have somebody who's using thrown weapons, well, you know, maybe you find something not good, but they generally will put a couple potions, you know, something else good with it. Yeah. Or a hint um, for another thing elsewhere in the dungeon is what they yeah. often do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just do a really good job of like setting up the, the impetus to explore and then rewarding the exploration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, another thing that I really like about this, again, just honoring exploration and not like unnecessarily punishing you, um, is that there's no instant death pits outside of one particular mm -hmm. bad and dumb area. Um, <laughs> but, um, if you can fall when you go, when you go through this, either a trap door or just off of a ledge, you're going to land in an explorable, pl explorable place. Uh, sometimes you're going to land in the middle of a bunch of enemies, um and mm -hmm. you know you got to fight your way out of that you're real surprised you might not be prepared for it uh but beyond those enemies or sometimes you just fall into this there are whole areas of the map that can only be reached by falling you're going to get down yeah. there and you're going to find another puzzle you're going to find a shortcut back to before you're going to you know get a lot of really worthwhile things to the point where like if a puzzle involves pitfalls you know i, I might just take me you a know, quick save and take a drop down there to see what's up yeah or and eventually you get a rope yeah so yeah. you can just kind of like go down there without hurting yourself <laughs> without breaking um, your legs without breaking every four people's legs without yep. breaking eight total legs <laughs> um or who knows how many with the insect guys oh yeah um the uh and a lot of times you know sometimes there's a lot of times there's content a lot of times there's not content but the game just kind of throws you a bone for it mm -hmm. like you fall down here there's two enemies but there's also a, a stash of stuff in the corner yes you know, so it's like at the very least, like you're getting back what you lost in terms of healing your broken legs. Mm -hmm. It's always worth trying. Yeah. I think the very first pit has nothing in it. And I think it might be the only one that doesn't have some value in it. Yeah. And that one just has a teleporter to send you back up to kind of signal like, hey, it'll be all right. Yeah. You know, if you fall down. It's really good. It's a, yeah, it's, it's really uh, it's satisfying. It makes the world feel big, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and that it reminds me specifically of Kingsfield. Like Kingsfield uh, has a couple secrets and yes. bits like that. Yeah. Um, something that's great about this game is that it is non-linear um, in comparison to even Grimrock, Grimrock 1 or even some of its inspirations. You know, you are not mm -hmm. going down these levels in a dungeon. It's a whole island that is pretty much open to you. There are different biomes. Uh, there are different buildings and kind of like sub-dungeons uh, that you go to. Uh, and what's weird is like, this is probably one of my favorite implementations of you need to gather the stars in order to put the MacGuffin together to get through mm -hmm. like your major reward when you go and, you know, beat bosses or solve these kind of level spanning puzzles, um, is this power gem. Yes. Yeah. And typically you get these in sets of four, um, and four of them, uh, you need 16. So four, four times four mm -hmm. to get the normal ending. Uh, which means that large portions of this just for the normal ending are optional. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get them all. So if you run into one and it's like, well, this is too hard for me to get this puzzle. Like, yeah. I can't beat this boss. Um, I can't make headway in this dungeon. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, I did all the stuff because I didn't know that going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought I had to get everything. Same. Um, 
little pro tip if you're listening to this and you're planning to play the game you get the last power gem from the last boss yes because i was going into it with 19 power gems i was losing my mind <laughs> i was like, just like well fuck i have to go back through every dungeon i've done in the entire game oh god look at you i, I missed I, I fucking hate the oh there's one left yeah yeah, yeah. It, impossible to use a walkthrough for because you don't know which ones you already picked up mm-hmm. um uh, so you can kind of pick around, you know, pop around. Like if you feel like you're pushing up against a meat wall, you probably are. Yeah. You can go somewhere else. Um, I ended up skipping a really minor dungeon oh. um, early on, on accident. And that ended up like putting me behind the power curve. So when I went into the next area, um, I was, I was under leveled for it. I just powered through. Yeah. And I was like, I can do this. And and I did it. And then I came mm-hmm. back later and you know, the other area was easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you uh, can jump the curve. Uh, because of the nonlinearity, you're going to be doing backtracking. Uh, there's kind of mm-hmm. a rudimentary fast travel system that's there. There's this area called the hub that gives you like four warps to some of the more distant uh, parts of the uh, parts of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Backtracking is fine, though. They do add a lot of uh, interest by bringing new enemies back into old areas. Um, and also, like, you may have missed a puzzle. You may, you know, cross a place where you got a hint about what to do. Um, mm-hmm. It's generally there, and it's not really a bummer. Like backtracking has the potential to you know to, to be. You you move faster than you might think. Yes, for for a game like this, like your actual your step is pretty quick, mm-hmm. and if there aren't enemies you're engaging with, you can really book it across this map. Yeah. Um. So because this is kind of inspired by older RPGs uh, that are tile based, um, and just because of the nature of the game, mapping is a really big deal in the game. Yes. Um, you can turn off auto mapping, but mm-hmm. the auto map, it's, you know, so if you're, if you're one of those, um, <laughs> I love the auto map in this. The auto map is really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really powerful. Um, I, it's a really, really useful, mm-hmm. um, and it allows you to annotate it. Yeah. Um, with, you know, not through like limited, like, oh, you, you do have some symbols you can put down, but you can also just put down text notes mm-hmm. wherever you want. And this can be like, oh, you know, I dropped this thing here. I'm not sure if I'll still need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this, this sewer exits to here, yeah. you know, things like that. And making use of this will make the, give you that feeling of the mastery and control of a world in a really, really concentrated sense. It's one of the most satisfying feelings I, I can have in a game. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's very, uh, uh, man, I, I spent a lot of time in the map here, and I think it's a very satisfying division of labor, actually, here, too, mm-hmm. because, you know, with auto map, it will trace out the geometry of what you're going through, and you can kind of see what's above and below, and it marks, like, ladders and stuff like that. Points of interest are all up to you. So, like, if you see something, mm-hmm. if you find a if you find a sign that feels like it's going to, uh, that, that feels like it has uh, useful stuff on it, you can just leave a text note that says, hey, here's what that sign said. Um, yeah. You know, like if you spot like a, you know, one of your healing crystals or a power gem, uh, like across the way, you can put a little, you know, question mark there, like power gem question mark. And so, you know, mm-hmm. so you can remember which direction to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, it's a thing that, to me, this is the perfect way to do that because other games have had self-mapping before. Mm-hmm. Um, do this made me th- like because when I first started playing this, I was like, "Man, I wish this had a, a console port or a port like the first mm-hmm. one did." Yeah, but I ended up being very glad I played this on PC because of this feature. Yeah, like being able to quickly type a note mm-hmm. using a keyboard, not having to go into like the shitty switch (laughs) keyboard to write these notes like it ended up actually being huge Mm -hmm. and made me use this feature a lot more so i had this again making me kind of role play 
you know, whether I wanted to or not, the experience mm-hmm. of being on this island, yeah. um, you know, of just like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to be scratching, you know, using a piece of shale <laughs> to scratch into a seashell what's here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like I can I can come back for it. I didn't uh, engage with this for the first like couple hours of the game, and I wish that I had, yeah. um, you know, I just didn't uh, didn't think to do it. Um, but it is a good thing to get in the practice of basically right away yeah no i, yeah. I sat down and immediately put on my cartographer's hat and pulled like a pulled out like a jeweler's loop like ah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i shall map the world <laughs> to me this is this is the 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 fun version of this this yes. is i made maps uh on my own on graph paper you know playing video games as a kid like mm-hmm. i remember mapping out dungeons and dragon warrior yeah uh yeah. you know things like that um this Auto map, but with your own annotation, annotations is the balance that I like. It's a very good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Um, if I wasn't, like, if I was playing this just for fun and I was making my own, you know, and I was not taking notes as I played, I might mess around with that. But it yeah. is it is, it is definitely a very satisfying system as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, also related to exploration, you have to manage your light sources and your party's hunger, uh, which means mm-hmm. you have to feed those beef boys. Those minotaurs get very, very hungry. Um, and so like, you're going to want to push into new territory because that's where you're going to find food. And that's also where you're going to find torches. If you do not have, uh, you know, uh, a, a wizard, you can cast spell. your light spell. Yeah. 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 I ended up using the orb that, uh, had light as its special ability for a long time. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it was in my offhand for basically the whole game. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so food generally comes from enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that there's this relationship between pushing forward into new territory and subsisting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you aren't pushing into new territory, you're generally, you know, you can still find some scattered food here and there in the form of eggs or fruit and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're mostly taking meat yes. from enemies you're killing. So if you're not pushing forward, you're not going to survive. It kind of puts like a soft timer. Mm-hmm. on the game which makes sense because your characters will heal and restore energy mm-hmm. uh, as long as they're not hungry yeah so you can kind of heal and you can rest and the yeah. cost for resting is food yes. so there's this a little bit you know it almost reminds me a little bit of like how shattered tower handles equipment durability yeah almost. yeah how it's your how it's your like weirdly your hp equipment durability and money are all the same in this yeah exactly in this like your combat efficiency food and hp mm-hmm. all have this kind of like relationship to each other this yeah. synergy um and they do something really interesting with this like generally you know enemies you'll fight will drop food mm-hmm. um they eventually there's a dungeon where no enemies drop food <laughs> so when you've been doing all of this hoarding you mm-hmm. know i had uh, all these beef boys most of them took the trait that made them less hungry mm-hmm. uh but um you know, bringing all these beef boys into this this dungeon and being like, okay, like, hey, big box of food I've been carrying around since the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah. Time to shine, two dozen turtle eggs. You know, <laughs> time to glisten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, time to time to wetly glisten. You gross fucking bio mistakes. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, uh, good good shit. Um, there is a stay night cycle as we mentioned. Um, so if you're outdoors, um, it can get dark, like mm-hmm. real dark. Uh, here and uh, exploring in the dark is difficult mm-hmm. um, inside dungeons. Typically there will be sconces yeah, uh, yeah. for torches every once in a while, but not enough to where you can not have light. I always felt like a, <laughs> I always felt like a, like a bad house guest when I walked by a torch here and it's like, yeah, this is mine. Now I take the, the whole Island is yours, dude. I know just, it's just, mine, just make it yours. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's the whole point is it's a test that Island master <laughs> wants you to have that. Yeah. <laughs> he put it there for you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the leader. <laughs> um, so uh, by default, as you're exploring, uh, you can save anywhere. Uh, you know, so if you want to save before a particularly rough looking place that is encouraged, there's quick save and stuff like that. Um, that can be turned off uh, with particular options, leaving you mm-hmm. only with the checkpoints that exist here. Uh, these healing crystals that have mm-hmm. such huge bonfire energy that it's kind of impossible to ignore. <laughs> so they're they're interesting in terms because that was my initial thought was their bonfires, but the differences are huge. Yes, they're they're bonfires in that they become the your home base for exploring an area. Yes, um, but they don't reset enemies, and importantly, when you die, you don't respawn at them, other than the fact that you've saved. Yes, so since you can save anywhere, mm-hmm. um, you know you don't respawn if you die. Yeah, uh, but they have bonfire energy in that they're your hub in terms of getting healing, and for me, largely like broken limbs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, early on, like not wanting to spend potions and just wanting to heal everyone's mm-hmm. torsos up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, like when I say they have huge bonfire energy, I think like in terms of like exploration, coming upon one of these always felt like a huge relief. Yeah, they yeah, feel yeah. like anchors in the world. Yeah. Yes. Um, they also, they have a cooldown. Yeah. So you can't just spam them. You can't lure all the enemies there and then just heal through boss fights. Like right. they, ha- they have a cooldown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the optional modes, so the, the uh, options for making this more difficult are pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned, you can uh, make it so you can't save anywhere. There's one that lets you only use every crystal once. <laughs> Sounds insane um, to me. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, don't uh, no need to feel like you have to do that to get the real experience. It is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I can imagine doing a challenge mode in this game because it is the kind of thing where you can break it with skill. Yeah. There's very little attrition yeah. uh, in the game. Um, but uh, for a first playthrough or an only playthrough or a casual playthrough, just set things to, you know, normal mode, but turn off all the, the easy options. Yeah, it's it's challenging and engaging enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a beautiful game, Gary. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, for like how simple it is, it like it looks great. Yeah, just aesthetically beautiful, technically beautiful, and it's not just like a photorealism thing. Like the monster designs are really good. Mm-hmm. Like I love all yeah. of the dipshits you end up whacking with sticks. Yeah, good dipshits. <laughs> good dipshits. Yeah, the, the animations uh, are super charming. They're the rattling captain. <laughs> God looks great. Yep, you know. Those little pirate rats, I love it. Yeah, really, really cute. The music is good Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Generally takes a backseat. Like it's just like atmospheric sounds. Music kicks up when things are important. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, which is is a nice choice. Mm -hmm. Um, This all ties into just absolutely incredible atmosphere. Yes. Um, You know, the uh, lighting effects and everything. So you're you're down in a dungeon. Your torch is kind of flickering out and you're going around a corner and you can't see Mm -hmm. quite into the dark. But you see something shimmering in the background, but something moving in the foreground. Yeah. And you hear you you hear something shuffling. You hear a, a growl from a nearby room. Yeah. You know, and that that kind of feeling of being into the unknown just works in concert with so much. Like it mm-hmm. works with the reward for being in the unknown, the fact that you're driven to eat, the fact that going to the unknown is truly dangerous, like this yeah. game is not easy. All of that stuff gives me, you know, again, huge Kingsfield vibes yeah. of just like this is a hostile place I am alone against. Mm-hmm. And it is only through dint of my own, you know, intelligence and mastery that this will become doable. Yeah. Uh, incredible feeling and and one of the best video game feelings you can get. And if you could put that in a bottle, you could sell it for any amount of money. Yes. It's really good. 
I know I said it's really good 15 or 16 times already this episode in this first hour, but I cannot praise this game highly enough. It's extremely good. Yep. Legend of Grimrock 2. <laughs> baller game. Uh, so yeah. the original Grimrock uh, began as uh, began its life as a hobby project, like way back in 2001. It's the this developer. Uh, it's a, a developer a development team out of Finland. They just wanted to make a clone of Dungeon Master just to hone their game making abilities. And eventually it kind of went through a few different iterations. He got three more people to uh, join the team and they formed this studio to eventually put out Legend of Grimrock 1, uh, I believe, in like 2011 or 2012. They proposed the existence of something called a Grimrock. Yes. And tried to imagine what that might be like. Mm -hmm. And then from following that thought experiment all the way to the end, mm -hmm. they created the video game. Yes. What if a Grimrock? <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, it was uh, very successful. Mm -hmm. Grimrock 1 is an early indie darling. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Um, it is ported to a lot of different stuff. Um, plays really well on iOS. Mm -hmm. So I, I recommend that, especially on iPad, but even on iPhone. Yeah. Um, plays really well. So they started working on an expansion pack for it, but that just kept growing in scope. Mm -hmm. And uh, they kept hitting these limitations with the original engine. So they decided to double down and make a full-blown sequel. Yes. Um, there are development tools available for this. Mm -hmm. uh, you can download fan content and custom modules. Mm -hmm. um, I have not uh, have not done that, no. uh, but uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, um, I'm really glad it's extant. I've not found like a like a resource that says like, "Hey, this is this is the one of these that you should play." Um, yeah, you know, no. this is as with anything user created, anything mod related um, curation is kind of an issue on this. Yeah. Um, also, seems like I have, a Steam Workshop thing would be a good place for that. I just haven't looked at. Yeah, I haven't looked at. Also, I have very little faith, uh, given the difficulty options that are available here. I have very little faith that the people who would take the time to make a uh, to make a custom module would not make it a difficulty fuck module mm. for people who you know kind of hit hit the sur surpass the expectation. <laughs> let's say yeah of yeah. Uh, of of the original grimrock so i don't know that i i don't know that i want grimrock two levels to be more you know more kaizo than they already are yeah kaizo grimrock is not interesting yeah. to me but the nice thing is like the tool set is pretty limited you yeah. like i could see them taking puzzles and just making them like shittily designed like counterintuitive and such yeah, yeah. but the combat is such that there's kind of like a bounding box on how hard it can be yeah yeah you know, uh, so I could see I could see somebody doing cool stuff with it. Um, I might look into it because it is it is good. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, these games did well enough. Um, they're kind of cult hits, uh, you know, a little bit like kind of darlings, but not huge numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at in the beginning of this episode with this being kind of a, a little bit of a cilantro mm -hmm. thing. Like there are people who will look at a screenshot and this be like, fucking play that. <laughs> you know, and, and I get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but if you value any of the stuff that we're talking about, uh, join us. Yeah, <laughs> as Grimrock Americans, please come along. Uh, because come along because it is a uh, some of, you know one of the better things I've done for the show and like just the time you know the couple of weeks in which I was chugging this were uh, just immensely pleasurable in terms of video games. Yeah, I was. It's one of those games that I kept on playing in my head after I was you know after I was yeah. done with the session. Yeah, like remembering like, oh, you know, oh, like I uh, now that I know that I'm not waiting for an underwater 
upgrade <laughs> what is under that fucking lake yeah and the answer is stuff yeah uh and that's awesome somebody dropped so, a cool sword down here there's cool yeah. there's cool uh reagents growing down here it's fun there's a whole dungeon you have to do underwater <laughs> you know it's just uh you know it's a micro dungeon but still dungeon mm-hmm So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, you open up with a cinematic here, uh, just to set up for how you got on the island. Uh, you're on this ship at sea during a storm, uh, and its compass starts glowing, and that leads the ship onto a rock, sending this cage full of prisoners out into the water afloat on some debris drifting towards this island. I initially thought yes. it was Grimrock Island. This is the island of Nex. Yes, uh, Grimrock uh, Island is like a tower from the first one. Yeah, it's a mountain um, mountain fortress. A mountain fortress in this world, like prisoners, it's all that judge that does the cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, <laughs> and and I keep thinking like cruel and unusual and fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> just like chartering a boat, yeah. you know, sending people up there. Like these these are just prisoners yeah. uh, in this. But that that's you know that's the flavor of the game as you play as prisoners. Yeah, um, and you start off uh, on shipwreck beach um, here. Um, so you wake up in this cage and it's a little tutorial, uh, where you reach out and grab a branch and then break open the cage. Yes. Um, teaching you that you can hit inanimate objects, mm-hmm. uh, with your weapon, um, which you'll need to use to break through brush yeah. and such. Did you know that you can reach through certain, uh, certain barricades yeah. and things like that? It's real, a very yep. dense, uh, little bit, like one square tutorial that they give you right here. Th- this whole island is amazing. Yeah. I think this island with the micro dungeon under it is mm-hmm. a really, really great green hill zone. Yes. Yeah, but you're fighting off turtles and like they charge at you really aggressively. Like it feels a lot. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's not like you're fighting a rat or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and, but they drop delicious turtle eat, steak. And you eat their steaks and you eat their eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, sometimes they're guarding their eggs, but they don't get those babies. You do. Nope. Um, the, uh, a lot of these early enemies are in direct conversation with the game design principles of Grimrock one. Yeah. So the fact that these guys charge, um, the next enemy that we see their AI, um, the boss is AI. Um, a lot of these things are specifically because in Grimrock one, um, generally enemies just moved one square very slowly and had very simple AI. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the maneuvers that the enemies do in this game are designed to not punish you, but challenge you. If you know the kind of rote square dancing way of fighting, uh, the enemies. So Mm -hmm. these turtles, their charge move that they have and the fact that they'll flee, Mm-hmm. Uh, to her are are new innovations in yeah. enemy AI in this game, and that's good because it's not you know it's not just a new level of difficulty. This gives you behaviors to exploit as well. Yes, especially absolutely. when they're like the in mix ups. Absolutely, enemies will try to uh, get to your back arc. Um, one of the ways to get them to move if they're not moving is turn to not look at them for a second <laughs> yeah. and they'll generally try to get to your back and you can beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's when you think about four guys, you know, or four people, uh, moving in lockstep to turn to the side to fool a turtle. <laughs> it's patently ridiculous. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, 
it's like a marching band. <laughs> like, it, it's really silly. But if you think of it as like you're fainting, uh-huh. you know, uh, versus a guy, then it ends up making sense. I mean, so so really what you are doing is playing as a four-headed monster with 16 arms. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're basically the end of Inside. <laughs> the, uh, in this. <laughs> the, um, yep. So. Oh, geez. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. was really happy that they that they included uh, that kind of behavior here. Mm-hmm. Again, because you know, you got you got to learn, you got to outsmart them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so you're cruising on the beach, uh, looking for stuff, picking up uh, you know a couple random items and stuff. You find a letter. There's a stone pedestal near this uh, shipwreck. They show mm-hmm. up, and this is from Island Master. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Island Master spends the entire game kind of taunting you, right to the bitter end. Uh, here, yep. <laughs> Uh, but here he's saying, I don't have high hopes about your survival, but maybe you can prove me wrong. Better equip yourself before the night falls. Uh, yeah. that led me to believe that it would be a little bit like Minecraft or something, uh, or even, that too. or even like Castlevania too. you know, what, what a terrible night to have a curse that different or more enemies would come out when it was dark. No, not really. I, I wonder if that was initially something they had planned, but I think it's just harder to move around. Yeah. Like, it's a little scarier. Your, your sight, sight lines are shorter. Yeah. You know, et cetera. Um, so the uh, the critical path forward, there's a gate, um, and you get this message, like, stand in the circle and call out the guardians. This is so obviously a boss arena. Mm-hmm. You can't go there just yet, though. No. And we had to go solve some puzzles and fight some new enemies. Yeah. Um, you go through this gate that's locked by these uh, floor switches. It says X marks the spot. So you mm-hmm. have to make an X of yep. items teaching you to drop um, items on pressure plates um in order yep. to uh, uh leave behind press them down and go through the gate yep yep and anything can weigh down a pressure plate yep. so that scroll that the island master gave you you're not going to need it nope so yeah yep. and he wouldn't want you to keep it he gave it to you for a reason <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly yeah uh you can go through um, a warp your first teleporter is here um and mm-hmm. this is uh there's a little bit here that teaches you about dropping a rock onto a pressure plate on the other side of a door i know i've talked about that puzzle five times now but it was mm-hmm. real satisfying as a learning moment about uh how simulation this is um, yeah because i mean your, your instinct is that a gate is just basically a wall yeah because that's the cadence of video games mm-hmm. But this game doesn't want to do that. Like, there's tons of abstraction in this game, but the yeah. ways in which it doesn't abstract are very strong and important. Yeah. Um, but you're doing some of this not just to eventually get to get get the horn that you need to you know, move forward, but like when you solve this puzzle, you get a dagger, you find a potion, you find a key. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get a shovel with a note explaining you know vaguely where something was buried and you go dig it up to find you know the like the the things that you need to proceed you find a a rapier which is not Mm -hmm. just a key but also a good weapon for you to use like it's all put together yeah yep uh there's also uh down here you can use the key to open up a door that's off of the boss arena Mm -hmm. to get a very powerful dagger Yep. Um, as well, that was the first um, special ability that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a life drain yeah. special ability, which is really cool um, here. You're also introduced to the uh, little fishmen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whose who's name I can't remember. They're called something really dorky, like Scrunguses or something <laughs> like that. Like they got an incredibly dorky name. But yeah. they also exist in conversation with Grimrock 1 combat because mm-hmm. they can jump two squares. Yes. Um, so they will charge you. Uh, here you cannot just like stand back and like stay you know keep one square between you and throw things at them until they mm-hmm. die because they'll they'll tackle you yeah 
Um, so these first several enemies are very clever in terms of what they uh, what they have on offer. Mm-hmm. Not so much with the mummies, uh, which we use the rapier to get down into Dead Sailor's Cave, which is our first dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we face mummies, and mummies are basically just mummies. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot to mummies. It's zombies. They, they don't curse you or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, the, some of the mummies, I don't know. I, I don't think it happens here. Like maybe there's just one of them, uh, where this is the case, but, um, mummies start marching two to a square and later on four to a square, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot. Um, yeah, a, and, a couple of different enemies can do that. Yes. Uh, the water, uh, goblins are called Zarchtons. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, something dumb. There's the dumb name. Yeah, Zarchtons. Zarch. So the Zarchtons. Yeah. <laughs> so down here in Dead Sailor's Cave, um, there's a puzzle, you know, uh, to, to, to get into where the Horn of Summoning is. Uh, the just Basically, I think it says, like, act quick or think fast or something like that. Oh, no, that that's later. This is the one where you have to step on. There's a reset button. There's a pressure, a pressure plate that opens and closes a door. You have to step on the pressure plate weigh it down then press the re- press the reset button to go through because otherwise so it starts in the the down state yes yeah yeah um and this is uh the first of the like really sneaky fun traps um, <laughs> in the game because once you do this zombies come out mm-hmm. like or mummies come out basically right away yeah um i like the way that this game trolls you <laughs> um, you should be writing the quick save in this game regardless. Yes. Uh, in my opinion. Um, but when you do one of these things, like the game will do something just kind of like dickish mm-hmm. in a way that never, to me, never felt unfair. Yeah. It always gave me like sense fortress smile, <laughs> you know, when that happened. Yeah. There are lots of laugh out loud moments in this. Uh, they, oh, they, totally. they use trolling you as, as, as comedy. A There's lot of two the of them I really have been waiting to, to talk to you about. So I'm really excited <laughs> for when we get to those. Yeah. Um, down here is also when you fight your first um uh what like undead legion or something uh, something called? like that is it is it's it here those, or is it, it is it under twig are you talking about the um are you talking about the skeletons with the with basically the skeleton the i thought there yeah. was one of them down here uh, maybe there's one down room. here yeah I, I i i do not remember clearly where where you see your first one man the first one of those messes you up bad well, they so they again uh, in conversation with Dead Grimrock One, they have you can't flank them. Like mm-hmm. they need to put their side in front of you. If you walk to their side, they do like a side swipe. Yeah, they punish you. at you. They can yeah they can attack their sides. Which an enemy attacking their flank is just like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> no, that's you know, not allowed to happen. <laughs> that's not allowed to happen. Um, and they're they are monsters. Like they're they're horrible, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Initially, um, and they consistently are a threat mm-hmm. throughout the game. Like every time these things show up, they're they're a pain. I think there's one of them in a secret room yeah. down here. Yeah. So I, I would need to like go and do like just comparisons that I'm not really. And I don't have the time or energy to do it. I don't even think they add like I don't think they make them tougher when they go on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do more damage. I don't think they have more HP. I think they just throw more of them at you. Yeah. Yeah, generally enemies that are, I mean, I think that's definitely true because yeah. later we're going to find that out with mummies. Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, generally enemies are the same Yeah. in this. There's not, and there's also not like color-coded ones. You're not going to mm-hmm. find like, you know, ogres and grogers. Yeah, there's no palette yeah. swaps or whatever going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get the Horn of Summoning down here, regardless of <laughs> you fight one of those undead legion kind of guys. Um, mm-hmm. and you can actually go up out the backside of the cave and there's a button that you can press that just gives you a shortcut back to the beach area. Tons um, of shortcuts in this game. Yes. Like, uh, and really, go, really great little one ways. <laughs> go listen to Bombfireside Chat if you need to understand how important shortcuts are. They're important. Yeah. 
Um, so you, when you blow that horn, uh, we get a boss fight with a health <laughs> bar and everything. The first game only has a boss fight at the end. Yep. Uh, this game has, you know, four or five boss fights. Yeah. Um, in general, you know, I, I, I love this game. I'm, I'm sparing with my criticism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that some of the boss fights are not great. Yeah. Uh, in this, because the, within the limits of what the game can be, there isn't a whole lot they can do. Yeah. You know, um, this one I think is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the uh, Viper Roots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two of them. They pop out of the ground, they spit poison at you, and then they duck back into the ground to teleport. The mm-hmm. trick is you learn that they cannot uh, do anything to their side and they can't turn. Yes. Um, they can only face in one direction. So the order of operations is, like, this feels like a uh, a litmus test to how good you are at controlling your character. I was going to say that. Uh, like, this requires you to really understand how to get where you need to be um, and how to, yes. like, face the correct way. You cannot do this square by square because they're only going to be above ground for a limited amount of time. Yes. And you need to get out of their way very quickly. Yeah. You know? Uh, so you... Uh, you know, they pop up, you go to their side, hit their side a couple times, then go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and by this point, you have like a dinky rapier, you have a dagger, like maybe your alchemist or rogue has a has a sling where you can throw rocks. Um, mm-hmm. You're not very well equipped for this. No, um, I no. died a couple um, of times at this, like the like the early going in this game was really punishing for me. Yeah, it, it, it has a really difficult opening arc. Yeah. You know, I also died a couple times of this. Um, luckily, you know, it's not very far from the crystal. Yeah, no. You know, so it's not like there's not a boss run mm-hmm. uh, in this game. Um, once you kill him, you get your first power gem. You don't really know what those are yet. Yeah. But you know it glows and it's good, so you pick <laughs> it up. Uh, and we enter the second area here, which is called Twig Root Forest. Uh, immediately a different biome. You know, we are headed uh, into the island itself. We're off the uh, off the coast. And yeah, this is a this is a forest. And your path mm-hmm. is blocked by these uh, by these brambles and stuff. Um, and as you mm-hmm. are trying to get acquainted, you find a sack on the ground. The Allied Master has you know decided to uh, throw you a bone here. You have a mortar and pestle and you, two, you know, two, two recipes. I believe it's for your health potion and your energy potion. Um, mm-hmm. And the Allied Master saying, oh, I shouldn't be this generous, but here you go. <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place, champ. Yep. Here's your mortar and pesto. <laughs> the, uh, the, sorry. Mm, pesto. Sorry, you mate yourself. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, so this is really important. This is how you do any alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to spells. You don't need to know the recipe. Right. First, you can just make the thing by combining ingredients. There's also, this was very overwhelming to me at first, but there are fewer of them than you think. Yeah. Uh, there are six reagents. Um, four of them correspond to the elements, and then one is stat and one is bombs. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, so you want to make stats of a thing, if you want to make bombs of a thing, if you want to, you know, do things that kind of correspond roughly to those elements, you mix yeah. them. And if a combination doesn't work, you don't waste the regagents. It, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, doing this. So this is part of that kind of preparation phase. Like you'll camp out, go through your, your reagents. You want mm-hmm. to leave at least one of every uh, herb yeah. on your alchemist so they can multiply. Yeah. Uh, they multiply based on steps. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like weird min-maxing of this game involves going and getting really high value uh, alchemy ingredients early <laughs> because you'll end up with game-breaking amounts by the end. Yeah. Uh, specifically the, uh, the crystal thing flowers. that increases stats. Yeah, yeah. the crystal flowers. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, we're introduced to these little treant, like these tree golem creatures here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two tricks. Uh, one, they hide in dry branches, so mm-hmm. they camouflage themselves. And then they uh, they can sidestep, again, breaking <laughs> rules. Like they can strafe. Yeah. So uh, th- this primarily is there to stop you from flanking them. You think, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to just do a little circle. And they're like, uh-uh. They dikembe mm-hmm. matumbo their way over and stop you. Yep. 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 Um, they are also, uh, there are elemental weaknesses in this game. Yes. Um, so a weird thing for these and for mummies early on is using a torch as a weapon. If you don't have anything better, will mm-hmm. actually do pretty good work. Yeah. Uh, cause they are weak to fire and fire is a status effect. Yes. I, on enemies. I don't know necessarily if I had the fire spell at this point, like maybe I did, but I don't know that I think that you get the, I think you get it in the last dungeon, mm. um, you get the first spell, but if you weren't specced for fire, Yes, if you're not spec for fire, also you don't have a lot of energy at this point. You only have a couple yeah. of you know, a very few casts that you can do before you start leveling up and, you know, maybe using some of those books to raise your mm-hmm. maximum or gear, any of that. You only have a couple a couple of charges and energy uh, refreshes very slowly. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it refreshes really quickly if you can rest, but you can't do that in combat, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a twig root dungeon you can go down. Uh, down here uh there are more of those skeletons down there those armored and shielded skeletons that we mentioned Mm -hmm. and when you come back up um there's this temple through this locked gate and uh you can get into this temple and these are these elemental temples Mm -hmm. this is the Um, one for fire uh and each of these has these kind of face statues that you can go up and you know click on and they will give you some lore these face statues are actually everywhere um, and mm-hmm. it's even kind of sad. There are some that are broken and just like laying face up in the sun. They knew what they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you can talk to these and they give you a little bit of uh, a kind of, kind of a little bit of indica- indication that these power gems that you got are things that you're going to need to gather more of. You're going, you know, you get four of them and then at each of the shrines, you fuse them together into an essence. Yes. And you need four of those to right. access the castle. At the, uh, the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, wargs here as well. So mm-hmm. these wolves. Uh, these will travel in packs of two. Yeah. Um, and they will wreck you. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're really tough. Uh, when enemies uh, inhabit the same square, they don't die at once either. And there's mm-hmm. a little bit of directionality. Like if somebody shoots a missile weapon mm-hmm. in your back right, they'll only hit the right enemy. Yes. Uh, um, however, yeah. spells will affect everything on a square. So that's yeah. kind of the, the the shortcut for these. Magic is very powerful. Yeah. Um, here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, something that I enjoy are these weird little codexes that you can get. Um, there are certain things in the game that uh, give you directions, but in kind of a made-up language. You find your first one of these here. It's like R-A, Uhuko, R-A. Um, and those are just uh, encoded north, south, east, west. Um, and eventually you find a translation note for these. I didn't come back to this one, but this is kind of peppered throughout. I, I only remember finding this one and the one that is the main puzzle for this. Um, they're, they're, uh, instead of like, they're not cardinal directions, they're forward, back, yes, left, right, and turn, and they're numbers as well. Mm-hmm. So the idea is this is like number of steps, you know, three steps forward, mm-hmm. turn right, two steps forward, et cetera. Yeah. Um, these give you uh, here, you can use a shovel 
uh, where it tells you to go and get some treasure. Yeah. Um, I think, or maybe you don't even have to use a shovel. It might just be that there's some treasure there. Mm-hmm. Um, I find this this hint, because people talk about figuring this out here. Mm-hmm. I found this too obscure. Like one of the few times I was like, ah, this, you know, this puzzle is a little bit too obscure for me mm-hmm. to get it now. And go, backtracking for it is not really worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. So this is supposed to uh, exist in concert with the the Lux Canarium, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I don't I don't know about it. This one here, yeah. So um, there are more tunnel, you know, tunnels down. There are kind of more uh, puzzle areas. Sometimes these are named, mm-hmm. um, where you get a, a little plaque that tells you what the name of the puzzle is <laughs> or the name of the room is. I love how artificial that is. Just yeah. like, yep. well, the, the, the island's a test. <laughs> yep. You know, it's like that. That is the way to make uh, any of this shit make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like how uh, the, the the puzzle temples in Breath of the Wild feel a little bit more uh, a little bit more you know natural by the by mm-hmm. by how artificial they are. They're explicitly test chambers for you. Yeah, or or of course, Sen's Fortress. Oh well, yes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of these that I really enjoy, the four plagues, you have these different um, uh, plaques next to little alcoves in the wall. Um, and you'll see like, OK, sickness, battle, hunger or famine or whatever. And what you have to do is you have to like put the appropriate um, <laughs> the, the appropriate cure for those, um, you know, for, for, for the mentioned plague in the alcove to open the door. Mm hmm. Um, there's one that's just called the nest, which is just has a bunch of ratlings in it. Um, ratlings are ranged yes. enemies are kind of their, uh, their little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, uh, they, sh- you know, will attack you from a distance either by throwing daggers and later using guns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of their gimmick. Yeah. Um, they pretty much only show up underground except for one particular troll that the game does mm-hmm. to you later on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to meet the troll here real soon. Um, but yeah. Uh, there's a puzzle down here called Be Quick. This is the one that I thought uh, happened a little bit, little bit earlier where you have to, like, you're in a hallway. There's a pressure plate and a door. Um, also, there is, a like, a, like a, a trap door. You have to, like, step on the step on the plate, avoid a projectile, and then cross over the trap door to go through the open, the open door before it drops open and deposits you lower in the dungeon. Uh, this yeah. is reflex-based. This is about as reflex-based as I like these being. Yeah, yeah. There's only one of them I really hate. Yeah, that is a uh, reflex based, um, and we'll talk about it. It's one of the the ones I think is kind of badly designed in the game. Yeah, um, but generally, like I don't want to try to be quick mm-hmm. uh, for puzzles. Um, but this gets you a power gem. So, and the the faces we saw told uh, you know some of the power gems are above ground, some are underground. Like basically, mm-hmm. told you to look everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like them. most of the major above ground areas, they all have you know either major or minor dungeons below them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a puzzle room called the Philosopher's Stone, which is the first Sokoban uh, thing. There's a, you have to use a stone to weigh down this pressure point, and once you do, it activates this floor that levitates giant stones. Yes. So you can push that stone onto the correct square, mm-hmm. which opens up a teleport. Um, there are no like teleport mazes in this. Yeah. Um, you know, a big a big thing that this is better than say like Eye of the Beholder mm-hmm. is that the teleport stuff all makes sense. Like nothing is just like, <laughs> well, we just sent you somewhere you don't know where to go. Yeah. You know, like you're sent somewhere for a reason, and they're used in puzzles mm-hmm. and such. Again, it has a simulationist sense to it, not like a fuck you sense. Yeah. The like, it. there's one thing that kind of approaches being a teleport maze in the final dungeon, uh, but mm-hmm. it is easily you know like it's understandable like what like what happens yeah. there yeah. yeah um so it, it it avoids it avoids the problem 
Yeah. Uh, so you go through the teleport room and like, ah, yes, the key that I need to proceed. It is back here in this little alcove. I'll grab it. And then more skeletons than you've ever seen in your life will flood out and attack you. Yep. Uh, one of the first really big combat challenges of the game that yeah. is not a boss. Yeah. This, this is where I just like backed myself into an alcove and like, I, I can't, I can't maneuver around these guys. I literally just need to face tank them. Yeah. Um, when you get past this, you get to this boss arena where a leprechaun shows up. And <laughs> just when we say up a like a lucky, lucky charms leprechaun. Yeah, it's it's the leprechaun, like the, the Wayne's World leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it is a leprechaun. Uh-huh. Um, he he giggles and cavorts. Yeah, I, and, well, and like runs I, walk, around. I walked up to him thinking, oh wow, it's an NPC. I wonder if this leprechaun will like grant me a wish or whatever. No, he he threw a rock at me and then ran away and unleashed an army of turtles. A turtle, yeah. He goes and pulls the turt lever. <laughs> yeah. He uh, releases the turt hurt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, while dancing around and giggling like a moron. Yep. Um, you can't kill him. Uh, this mm-hmm. is going to be a recurring. Yeah, uh, leprechaun. You just you just um, do enough damage. The he's the trickster, uh, and he uh, uh, you, you just do enough damage until he decides to warp away, leaving a taunting note and also the key that you need to get out. Yeah, uh, the note's like you know I leave, but the pain remains or something. Yeah, I uh, I reset a couple times to try to beat him. Yeah, because I was like certain, like oh, like you can probably kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot. No, no. So um, he will show up later. Um, that key will get you, um, in a new way out of the tunnels back to the surface. And now that you have four gems, you can go and make the essence of fire. Yes. Um, we have nothing to do with that yet, but we will soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to see where we can put those when we go over to, uh, the forgotten river, which along with sleet Island, which we're going to go to, it's kind of one of our hubs. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the final dungeon castle next is, uh, on the far East side of this. Uh, you can see this castle from many places on the Island. So you get a good, like, citadel kind of effect with it. And when you first go in, you see the uh, island master riding a dragon. Yep. <laughs> uh, up here, and he takes off. So good. Um, yeah. So this this was de- definitely, like, you know, gave me, like, oh, shit moments. <laughs> uh, in part because there are these kind of drake lizard bird things. Yeah. Uh, floating around here. And I was like, the perspective, I was like, oh, those are dragons. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, well, I'm fucked. Like, I'm not supposed to be here yet. <laughs> I, I didn't see another way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're they're actually no big deal. Um, yeah. They shoot lightning at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, they appear in large numbers. You do not want them to uh, to gang up on you. Yeah. It felt like ranged weapons worked best on them, or at least had the highest chance to hit. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we also have more of these Archtons here. Basically, anywhere on the overland where there's water, the water goblins are going to come at you. Um, the yep. thing that's annoying about them, especially when you go to the one, uh, to the, uh, flooded dungeon and a sleet isle is they can attack you, uh, when you're underwater, mm-hmm. uh, but you cannot, unless you have a particular, uh, spear, uh, yes, to use against I, them. I, uh, never got that spear. Uh, I know they're real rare. <laughs> yep. Um, one of the interesting things, like a quirk of this game is that if you Mario stomp something, you kill it in one hit. Same with telefragging. No matter what it is. Yeah. Yep. Same with telefragging. Um, so you can, uh, you can do that against these guys. Yeah. So you don't really have enough HP and energy. The way that, uh, your breath meter works in this is mm-hmm. you can hold your breath for a time, then your energy drains, then your HP drains. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really have enough to explore meaningfully underwater. Mm-hmm. here just yet but you can come back and, and do this yeah and if you're trying to clear it out of turtles and uh, zarches uh you can lure them to the edge and then mario stomp them yeah and climb back out 
another new enemy here is the summon stones. Uh, these are your rock mm -hmm. golems. And at least when you first get to them, uh, you probably do not have the blunt weapons that are necessary to do, uh, you know, any kind of damage to them. Uh, I ended up running from these a lot, actually. Mm. Uh, I used a lot of magic. Yeah. Uh, on them. Magic will work. Um, to do damage, it just takes forever because yeah. I had one mage. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of, like, above ground puzzle shrines. Uh, there's the Shrine of Entanglement. Um, mm -hmm. where you have to throw a rock across a pit to get over and in. Um, and this is where you have to uh, kind of use these switches to create a path for two fireballs to hit a target. Basically, it's like a there are a couple of like lights out adjacent uh, lights out adjacent puzzles here. Um, mm -hmm. But like in this one, you're stepping on pressure plates to raise and lower um, portcullises around squares. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to clear a path for yeah. uh, two heads that shoot fireballs to land in their proper receptacles, similar to like portal. Yeah, yeah. Like those energy beams and, and trying to get those into the right slot. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, when you uh, get through this and you go down, you go to this tunnel with something called the cache. Um, there are ratlings down here mm -hmm. and swarms of rats. Yes. Uh, swarms of rats, uh, their gimmick is they can occupy the same square that you're on. Mm -hmm. And they do and damage over time. everything. Yeah. Yep, they do. So you can't, you got to back away from them in a way that feels like fighting a horde of rats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them around my ankles. Mm -hmm. yeah i want to step on step on a kitchen chair scream exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh but the cache is actually really interesting because this is one of a couple of places where you have a lot of treasure rooms that are locked by these gold the, the, these they have these locks that require gold keys to open and gold keys are very rare and they are limited mm -hmm. uh so you're you're choosing what you want this is called like the summoner's cash the paladin's cash the thief's cash and the snake charmer's cash mm -hmm. i think and you're choosing which one you want yeah uh for this um will told me this like will had played this is before i play it was like save scum before you do these mm -hmm. just because they are limited and you don't want to end up getting something that's not worth it yeah um for me uh the summoner's one i think this is where you get the orb that allows you to uh cast light mm-hmm um, in that one. And then I think I came back later, even though I wish I hadn't, and used a second gold key to do the snake charmers one to get the rope. Gotcha. Which is very useful. But you eventually can get a rope from the crystal mines, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get, there are two ropes in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them is behind this cage. And as we mentioned, ropes allow you to go down in pits without taking damage and breaking your legs. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I was so paralyzed uh, by which of these to use that I actually didn't get any of them. And I was like, I'll yeah. come back after I've made the decision. And no, I just ended up finding more gold locked items that um, I also was afraid to uh, go in and get. So bad on me for having that hoarding tendency. I get it. Yep. Um, the, the bow you get from the, uh, the rogues one, cause I, I popped them all open just to check them out, mm -hmm. um, is a really strong bow. It's like the strongest bow you can get for a while. Yeah. Um, so um, if you're doing a ranged character, that's not bad. It was a very long time until I got a bow, actually, a bow or a crossbow. Yeah. Found lots of ammo, um, but yeah. the primary projectile weapon I was uh, was guns. Um, I ended up getting, you can get a bow in the Twig Root dungeon. Hmm. Um, I think it, it is hidden, but it's just a regular bow. Yeah. This is a stronger bow, and the crossbow doesn't come until way later, but it does more damage. Yeah. Um, so there's that big castle, Castle Nex. Uh, it has four statues in the courtyard, and this is where you put your essences. Mm -hmm. So we have one of them or one-fourth the way there. Yes. Um, and a huge island to explore to get the rest. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, near the castle, up toward the north, there is the entrance to the hub. This is your fast travel area. There's also a locked door that you cannot open just yet. There's actually like no mechanism to uh, to crack the bad boy open. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, all you can do is warp back to the, um, the, 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 beach, the beach, but the warp actually drops you right next to a uh, treasure chest which can use kind of as your long-term storage. If there's something you don't want to like leave behind in the middle of a dungeon. Um, and, and a also, life crystal. Yeah. There's a life crystal, uh, which yeah. is a good quick, you know, peel that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you leave here and go out to the South, you can find Creel or Keel beach breach bog, mm-hmm. Keel breach bog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an area we'll be exploring next. Yeah. Um, there's also the shrine of pain, um, where there are these floor spikes Sounds that pleasant. come through in a little pattern. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what they got there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you need to maneuver around these spikes to hit a switch, then get back out and then shoot through. Yeah. Um, this this is also like right around my limit for dexterity based. Just about for me. The, like it's it's fine. Um, the, you know. uh, the 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 spike traps are actually kind of weird, and I think it's a little bit of a um, a victim of the fact that things don't generally scale up. Like, there are not advanced spikes that hit you later on. Uh, so here, if you, you know, are standing on a spike trap when it goes off, like, it'll probably, you know, take you down, you know, at, at least your weaker folks, right? Because it'll hit all of them. Later on, like, I would just, uh, whatever. I don't care if I'm stepping over spikes and getting damaged. It's such a small percentage of my actual HP that they're taking away. There's definitely one of uh, a spike-related puzzle I just tanked. Yeah. You know, later on. Yep. Uh, in the game. Yeah. Um, so we have options, right? Like mm-hmm. we could go up to Sleet Islands, uh, which is its own area and also a hub, or we can go down to Keel, Keel Breach. Um, and uh, it's worth talking about, like, after, if you know, if you come back here later as you're passing through, uh, eventually elemental enemies will come out. And I don't know specifically when that happens. So I wanted to put it here so we could get our grousing about elementals out of the way. Yeah, I think elementals are a bad enemy in this game. It's not good. Uh, uh, the way they work is they only take damage from uh, one specific spell, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Dispel. Um, you don't need to have the scroll for that to learn it. Right. Um, but uh, So you can make it, but if you even if you look up what it is, mm-hmm. um, it does good damage to them. It still takes several a, shots. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it just, they move really quick. Yeah. Um, you know, the air elementals, uh, mm-hmm. and, and ice elementals that pop up. The, the, the ice um, ones are, are specifically like a major enemy in an area that's oh, coming the, up. Yeah. The ice, the end, the, yeah, the ice yeah. guardians. Yeah. Yeah. The ice guardians are different than the, uh, the ice elementals. Oh, I thought but they the, were, the, yeah, I, I don't know that I ever saw an ice elemental then. I think that they, no, no, no you're right. Um, yeah. because they, they have fire versions or fire guardians mm-hmm. that show up in the final dungeon. Yeah. There are only two kinds of elementals, uh, air and fire and mm-hmm. the fire ones, uh, <laughs> rush at you and explode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you cannot do enough damage to them before they die. Yeah. Is my understanding. Like I just ended up tanking them. Mm-hmm. Same. It was, it was just a damage tax for being in an area that a, that a fire ele- elemental happened to inhabit. Um, there's a, there's a weapon that will, that will, uh, damage these. I believe you find it in, oh God, the cemetery, but it's like really late in the game. It's like the ethereal blade or something like that. That lets you hit non, Mm. non corporeal things, specifically these elementals. But like, I don't know, kind of sucks to keep that around and equip it when one of them comes out. It's, uh, it's just not a good, 
just you have so many ways to deal with every other enemy to have one that just is a, you know a lock for a particular key uh it feels counter to like stuff that's real cool about this game otherwise yeah yeah, yeah. i i dislike them uh specifically the fire elementals the earth elementals like i basically like kind of slendermanded me <laughs> like i just i just ran from them but the yeah, fire yeah. elementals were too too hard to run away from and i was like just fucking hit me yep you know i can i can make uh you know resurrection potions i can make healing potions just hit me yeah kick me in the jimmy so yeah yep about. so we can go down to kill breach blog kill keel breach like breaching the keel of a ship um yeah i'm never mm-hmm. gonna say it right <laughs> yeah because Creel sounds cool. Creel, yeah. Um, Creel. Creel breach. The the Jeremy Greer story. The story of Jeremy Greer's birth. The Creel breach. So, um, um, but uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is your swamp level. Uh, it's covered mm-hmm. in really thick green fog. Your uh, your, your visibility is way down. Uh, this is where you're going to find the Earth Shrine. So this is, I avoided this. This is the dungeon that I skipped. Ooh. Uh, because I was certain that the fog was going to damage me. <laughs> it does look like poison. Games. Yeah, it looks like it poison looks like gas. Poison. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come back here later with the ability to get through this. Um, so I did uh, the big underground dungeon in Sleet Island first. Gotcha. And then came back here, mm-hmm. um, which made this very easy. Yeah. Because I was already up a level or two. Uh, this is tough. Like there are specific, uh, specifically enemies uh, that either do a lot of damage or take a lot of damage. So you have these swarms yes. of wasps uh, that uh, chase you around very quickly. Uh, like these would have these pop up and sleep in Sleet Island like as a trap. Um, the tra- trap is very funny. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, yeah. We'll, just like we'll, oh we'll yeah we'll get to it uh yeah. but uh but yeah uh, and also like you miss them if you don't attack them at a like a very particular point in their animation i think it's like the only it's the only enemy that requires you to do that kind of like micro timing on it i think that um spells will hit them no matter what yeah so this was just me using the fire burst yeah yeah on them and having that ready um the bigger issue for me in these area were these gigantic toads uh, who have kind of two gimmicks you know uh one is that they will swallow your gear that is equipped <laughs> yeah uh which means like one you you know can't run away mm-hmm. like you know this guy this guy has uh my orb yeah uh <laughs> but two you can't use it um, yes so and they take they it away like a now. jumping teleport mm-hmm. to get behind you yeah no, that teleport. Uh, yeah, you think you're dealing with one, and then boom, there's one right behind you, uh, yeah. and they're taking away my. Uh, they're taking away my uh, alchemist gun. Yeah, yep. uh, they just uh, they're really durable for this point in the game too. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, this is the only place that tongues. you find them. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, they don't show up, and you eat their tongues. Yep. It's Gross. Feel, it feels like a real. Uh, it's a real power move. Yeah. Yeah. You, you took yeah, this you... from me, so I will take it from you. I'll take your ability to take. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But this opens up with um, a really, uh, I think this is a clever puzzle, actually. Uh, A long uh, kind of a hallway that has this impassable teleport wave. You cannot move uh, quicker than it cascades down. Uh, What what you can do is you can throw a rock down it at the right time. So it hits a pressure pressure plate on the far side. Yeah. 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 So, because uh, you can throw faster than you can run. Yes. Um, you uh, run to a face here. That's the first part of a very long puzzle mm-hmm. um, where the face says, I am the right eye. I saw where the meteor landed. Um, this is to find two pinpoints. Yeah. Where the two eyes found where a meteor was 
was uh, landed. And you can dig that up and then use it in a late game dungeon to make a really good heavy weapon, mm -hmm. which I did not get, uh, which I wanted to. You gave me that pro tip, and that is a good weapon until you find a better one, like in the next last dungeon. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you, you head forward. There's another room here. It's called Reflexus, um, which is like lights out. Uh, mm -hmm. When we say lights out, just in case anyone doesn't know what that is, that's when you have a grid, and when you hit one button, all the other buttons that surround it change states. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, but with this one, it is kind of these two little pillars with switches around them. When you um, uh, put, you know, move one down, the ones around it moved up, move up, except it behaves differently on corners. So you have yeah. to, you know, work out the uh, the dependencies to make it uh, to make it behave the way you want to. Mm -hmm. This gives you a power gem, so high. Uh high value puzzle yes um, um and then there is so i hadn't gone here yet okay so the next and the next dungeon has none of these so it was very late in the game <laughs> that i had my first first mimic god the um, like the mimic reveal in this okay so we need to describe what happens when you open a chest normally okay yeah when you open a chest whether or not it's locked you know you activate it uh the lid opens up and your your, your point of view because this is first person it's like your character is like leaning down and looking into it um, yes. except here when it's a when it's a mimic reveal it opens up and it's like your character is just gently placing his head right in the big toothy maw yeah. as it gets yeah. up and starts attacking <laughs> and and mimics in this are actually pretty easy yeah but they you know I, they, they surprise me every fucking time yeah yeah they scare the shit out of you though yeah. like i cackled <laughs> when this happened because i had spent a lot of the game like thinking oh there's not mimics because yeah. i just did the major like derasoon or whatever it's called yeah and there are no mimics in that dungeon of course there are no mimics and then walked over to this thing and i was like <laughs> oh fuck like i i laughed out loud yeah. like many many trolls in this game made me laugh out loud mm -hmm. and the, the mimics are, are just wonderful yeah. And this, I never found out if you could like attack them first to set them off. Yeah, I never, I never tried it. P pretty much yeah. because I, I like, uh, even though I knew, I knew there were mimics about, it, I never saved before I went into one. You know, yeah. before before I opened a chest, so I didn't They're have really like, judicious. Any... Yeah, the, there's like four mm -hmm. or something. There aren't very many mimics in this. Well, game. Then there's also that one room in that dungeon where it's just nothing but mimics running around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's like where the, there's their where play date, the, where the treasure chests have their picnic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but generally, there's just in 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 the wild, there's only a couple of them. Right. Yeah. Oh man, love mimics. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Uh, there's a mask at the far west that says, that says he and they are more concerned with who is allowed in than those who are left out. This isn't the first, but we've gotten a couple of these like really oblique hints about what's going on here. Um, yes. This feels unattached to anything, but it is very much related to the Island Master's purpose. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we're also going to be getting, uh, as you kind of go through, you get these kind of like bonfire side chat style stories of this captain. Yes who was here before, which like I didn't piece all this together, but that was probably the Island master. Right. Mm, he has a different name, you know? Yeah. No, I, well, yeah, but I mean, like at some point, he might have been like, an Island master. He's not the most recent one. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy who was before him. Yeah. Yeah. Or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but the, uh, you're getting the, and all that stuff like does not have enough flavor to be really good mm -hmm. to me. Like it's a weird thing to say because this game is so mechanics forward, but like yeah. the writing is at best serviceable. Mm -hmm. um and i say that as as part of a you know again 
disclaimer for people who might be interested in this, it is not a rich narrative experience. Like no, no. you'll create your own survival narrative and you, the player will have that experience. Mm-hmm. But as far as characters are being told a story, yeah. that is not really at play here. It's not really what the game's concerned with. Yeah. The sparing amount of writing is a good fit for the actual quality of what's there. They, yeah. they, they, they get a lot by using it sparingly and creating an overriding sense of mystery. Yeah. I yeah. just kept expecting it to pay off more. Yeah. Like, oh, the, like the Zafi tribe are going to be interesting. And they're mm-hmm. like, kind of not. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just kind of like, it's kind of a nothing. But that's yeah. fine because you don't spend very much time on it at all. No, no. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a power gem out in the open that seems a little bit too suspicious uh, for, you know, it's like, hey, there must be a, a catch here. There is. Um, yeah. Just scores of water goblins come out to attack you. And by scores, and I mean probably toad. eight. Yes, also yeah. a toad. So keep away from that toad because you can't really fight those water goblins uh, if that toad is taking away all of your all of your uh, weapons. And this is uh, you teleport over to the side of the island mm-hmm. to do this. So you can run back to the teleporter and fight them in a, uh, you know, in a narrow. Yeah, fight them in a choke point. One on one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I ended up doing. Yeah. Um, through here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go down the dungeon under here is called the Herder's Den. Um, the Mushroom Men, or we start seeing these Mushroom Men. These are Grimrock One enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Herders. They're the walking funguses. They're really basic. Yeah. You know, uh, the thing that is different in Grimrock Two is that they have a, a dungeon and a culture and a boss fight. They've got like a life cycle too. There's like little ones yeah. and medium ones and big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but you go down here and it's just, it's like a mind that has completely uh, been taken over by them. And there's a boss fight up here, which is Herder's Den. It's the den itself. Uh, so there mm-hmm. are these like spawning pods. There are like, you know, four or five of them, you know, uh, sprinkled around this arena. What you need to do is go around and prioritize taking them out um, yes. because they will keep spawning more of the regular rank and file ones. I did not realize that what was that's what was happening here. And my first attempt at this, I got completely overwhelmed. It's really difficult because yeah. uh, it, even if you're just making a beeline for them, they can they box start you off in. in the open. Yeah. yeah, but they yeah they start off in the open, and then they're kind of in corners where it's really easy to get boxed in. Mm-hmm. So this took me a couple of tries, uh, but it ended up being like a really satisfying articulation of a boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not on my list of like complainy boss fights yeah um i think generally the thing that this game does and boss fights aren't great is having a big guy and then just throwing a thousand little guys in with them that's a, that's um, grimrock's trick <laughs> it's grim it's because it, there's there's not a lot they can do mm-hmm. you know other than that like it does have this limited kind of verb set um i really you know got sick of those specifically in the crypt yeah where there are two of them um you know bosses that be trivial on their own and the ads make them complicated yeah here, though, where you're killing the spawns, kind of like Gauntlet, mm-hmm. uh, this is fun and good. Yeah. Um, uh, but you, you find get, a power, power gem. Yep. And you also yep. get a hub key, which gives you another teleport. Um, this didn't end up being very useful. Like, I didn't need to go to Killbreach You never all. need to go back to Killbreach. No. Um, you, the, the other thing you get down is a mine key uh, mm-hmm. here, which opens up a little challenge room called the Rune Master's Challenge. Yeah. Which I, this is a great intuitive leap. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you've got a three by three grid and over in a little hallway, there is a spell emitter that um, casts out different projectile spells. So, you know, fire, fireball, um, the like the electricity bolts, um, and I think maybe like a poison spray or something like that. Regardless, mm-hmm. what happens is um, you have to kind of make the leap that the three by three grid represents your spell casting grid and you have to 
take objects and then press down the different runes that would cast that particular spell in order to make it move to the next one. You do three of them and then it unlocks uh, a key item for you. You get the serpent staff. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is really cool. It's a little bit, um, I love the intuition that the floor grid is your spell grid. Yeah. Um, knowing which spells to cast mm -hmm. is a little tricky. Like the, the common element is they're all just the projectile ones. Yeah. Um, so you don't, you know, you just do the electricity, the fire and the poison mm -hmm. projectile, um, or maybe the ice one. Yeah. I can't remember, but you, you know, you just do, uh, those three, um, knowing which ones to do. Like I made the, the leap that this was my spell casting board and that was really fun to like fuck around and make it cast different spells, mm -hmm. but there's three of them you have to do in order to make it open. Yeah. Which I could not find a hint for which spells those were. Mm -hmm. Um, that felt a little trial and airy to me. Yeah. But the, the, the initial intuitive leap is wonderful. Um, and the staff you get here is not just a weapon. Like, it's actually really, really useful mm -hmm. um, to the end game dungeon. And uh, this was also a problem where I left this somewhere because I thought it was a staff. So... Oh. <laughs> Uh, not a thing, and I had no idea where I left it. Uh, so I ended up using the console and spawning it in. Yeah, I mean, um, the saving grace of every PC game. PC games, it's the best way to play video games. <laughs> you. you can just go, Mart, and just like, yeah, I, I could spend the re my entire life, mm -hmm. you know, going over everything. I just didn't think I would need it because every other weapon was not really like that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know I had to keep the rainbow-colored ticket to get my yearbook at the end of the year. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I just used the console to spawn a new rainbow-colored ticket. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And by console, I mean my friend Jeremy. <laughs> what? I was, just I was just trying to pull that name out of nowhere and end up using an actual friend. Yeah. I end up <laughs> in the construction of that, I had a friend who was on the yearbook staff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, in the thing. Yeah. But because I said Jeremy, everyone thought Jeremy Greer, including mm -hmm. myself. <laughs> Immediately. So I stepped on a rake there. Ah, oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's okay. That's the worst thing that happens to me today. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, bad and above average there. <laughs> So we can leave Kilbreach and we can go uh, back north through the Forgotten River and get to Sleet Island, which is kind of its own area, but is mostly a hub. Mm -hmm. There's a little micro dungeon under it. Yeah. But um, so near the entrance, there's a little map hidden in the knothole of a tree of the area surrounding Sleet Island. And it has a lengthy note from the island master. Yeah. Kind of waxing poetical, like GameFAQ style about the different areas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Island Master has big game facts energy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, kind of points out a couple of different places. And out in the open, there is a real tempting pickup, especially if you are uh, rolling with guns, uh, which is like a big blunderbuss, uh, mm -hmm. which is a huge improvement of, I think, over life, the little fl flintlock that I had. Um, <laughs> I went to pick it up and I was warped into a small tunnel full <laughs> surrounded by mummies. They send you to mummy tunnel. Yep. Um, yeah, I grabbed this even though I wasn't using guns. I was just like, hmm, thing, you know, and then just, Ooh, floor uh, pie. Yeah. yeah, floor pie. And then immediately went to mummy town um, and got out of there. But again, that made me laugh. Like there are very few of those arbitrary like nya nya mm -hmm. things like that. But it does yeah. happen from time to time. Yeah. Um, this is also where there is the uh, wasp trap, which <laughs> is a uh, a pressure plate on the ground. And if you click it, uh, 
tons of wasps come out and destroy you immediately. <laughs> and right next to it, like past where you'd first run into it, mm-hmm. there's a sign that just says danger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't push the wasp button. Uh-huh. You're sure about not pushing the wasp button. Really yeah. You want to push the wasp button. <laughs> yeah. But I like that it's just past it. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's that, really clever. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. It's, it's like the entrance to the, to, the, to the termite mine in Kingsfield, where like you're, exactly walk, like you're, you're walking toward yeah. a sign, you fall through a pit, and if you go back up there and you know run over the hole, it says, "Oh, watch your step. There's holes here." It, it's it's very similar to that. That's what it reminded it. me of. Yeah, yeah. I I had been like quick saving a lot because I I died to the wasps. Yeah, and then I was like, surely I'll get something for killing the wasps, nope. and I reloaded a bunch to kill the wasps, and. Uh, you yeah. just get the, all the experience you get of killing a wasp. Yeah, all you, the get, pleasure is, all you get is wa- wasp harm. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of delicious wasp meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a, a puzzle here called Mind and Matter, mm-hmm. um, which is a block pus- pushing puzzle. There's Sokoban yeah. uh, there, but one of the blocks will get stuck. Yeah. And uh, there is a secret button on the wall um, in order to get behind it. Mm-hmm. So it goes up against the edge of the Sokoban field, and using a button allows you to change the edge so you can push. Yeah. Because, you know, Sokoban is based on not being able to pull things mm-hmm. generally. Um, the way that uh, I just want to give a, a quick little shout out to the sound design in the game. Yeah. Um, the way buttons sound mm-hmm. when you press them is perfect. Real good tactile. Real good tactile uh, feel. And then the way they hide buttons in the game is really satisfying as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, funny because, like, you could say, oh, yeah, this game is pretty monotonous looking. Like, you're in a biome of a dungeon and a lot of the walls look very similar or whatever. That actually does help draw out when there is an irregularity that points out one of these buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just an irregularity to the uh, geography of the dungeon. Yeah. Like, you eventually gain a, like, secret room sense. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's probably something here. Yeah. Like, the game does not really do-do at dead ends entirely. Like, either something will open up here later, mm-hmm. you know, or I will come out here after going underground or something. Like, you start getting a real sense for the design yeah, in a way that's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Satisfying is the watchword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, one of the, uh, the, this is a puzzle I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way to the pyramid, which is a later game dungeon, um, mm-hmm. is sealed. You get a note uh, from the island master saying he might have lost the key. Um, the key is the serpent staff. Yeah. You blast the door with the serpent staff special ability, uh, which mm-hmm. is just a poison spit. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's enough track laid for that. I ended up no. looking up how to get in there and I was frustrated by it. Like there's, um, there's one head or maybe it's a note that you find that says you can awaken the serpents, but that just led to me att- att- attacking the, the serpent statues. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't like, cause there, yeah, there are serpent statues outside of the pyramid and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I got to wake those guys up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally unrelated. Yeah. Um, you know, so I ended up finding that again, when I say anything's frustrating in this game, this game was generally like joyful front to back. There's just yeah. a couple of things I thought didn't hit the balance perfectly. Yeah. They just stick out so. because you know, everything else is pretty consistently great. Yeah. 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 Um, you can cross a magic bridge to get your first crystal flower. Um, mm-hmm. this is really important. Crystal flowers, uh, combined with different, uh, reagents, these make your stat up potions. Yes, and that yeah. is the only way to gain stat outside of racial or class benefits Yes, that you have uh, in the game. You do not gain stats on level ups normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a face here that gives an oblique hint about the true end of the game, saying the path to the fifth shrine is hidden from sight. Everything else yes. has only alluded to four of them. Yes. Um, there's another, again, kind of a concentration here in Sleet Island um, of a couple things I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, The way to get to the shrine in the middle of the island 
um, is to one of the masks tells you to like look upon the center of the island at a certain time. Yeah. I think it says like sundown, but you have to do it at night, not sundown, because mm-hmm. uh, the, the game does gradually change time. So sundown feels like a period and you have to be standing in a very specific spot. Yeah. Uh, and once you do, the trickster shows up and activates this little magic bridge mm-hmm. to get you to the center of the island. I didn't do this until really late in the game. This was the last shrine Yeah. that I, I activated because I didn't. I didn't find this. I didn't do this. Like you're not intended to. Like so, there's a like you know, you have to stand and and look the, in the direction that the silent face looks. You know, like when you mm. when you you know talk to it, all it gives you is dot dot dots. So that means the face farts. Um, the hint of what you need to do is not found until you get way deep into the cemetery. Not like down mm. into the crypts or anything, but like back. You know, it's it's after you you know do the little philosopher stone puzzle at the front to uh, to open up the main the main part of it so gotcha yeah, yeah I, I just i couldn't figure out the right place to stand mm-hmm. i had a point either i can't remember you know whether i had that clue or not um but i had a clue and mm-hmm. was standing in a spot yeah. staring and nothing was happening and mm-hmm. then looked up online i was standing in the wrong spot Blah. and i was like well that sucks yeah um, that, th- that's also like it's weirdly like right next to where the meteor landed too mm-hmm. it's like in the same neighborhood so i was wondering if i got those two mixed up yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, of though, that's how you get into the center uh, shrine, mm-hmm. um, which is on this island, and it has an entrance to an underwater dungeon. Yeah, um, this flooded dungeon. Uh, it's mostly underwater. There are a couple of places where you can go up to get air. Uh, mm-hmm. What is troublesome here is that you've got those water goblins, um, and unless you have found one of their spears, you can't really do anything. Them attacking you is not necessarily a concern, uh, but they will block your path. Uh, they they you will lock through them. Yeah, you can't move through them, so they will lock you at the end of a hallway until you drown. Yep. Yeah. Unless so, you have to. What you want to do is lure all of them into the area where you can get up above, and mm-hmm. then Mario stomp them. Yes. Um, and it's worth being down here because there is a secret you can find that is more of those gold vaults, mm-hmm. um, where you get this is a more powerful treasure trove. I don't remember everything that's in it. Yeah. Um, but there is a little Lord of the Rings reference in here. Mm-hmm. Um, called a ring on a string. Um, it says that it has dark powers. If you wear this as a necklace, you gain a level. Yeah. When you equip it, um, there's also another hidden uh, secret down here where you find some some good shit. I don't remember everything. Yeah, you find like you, get... you, you find like your first like crystal or mirror uh, uh, plate item. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I think you get um, the saber. There's like a really good light weapon. Yeah, yeah. Down here, if you're using light weapons, mm-hmm. um, but it's a very small dungeon. It's just kind of a gimmick because you can't breathe underwater. Right. Um, I spent the whole game thinking I would be able to breathe, you know, craft underwater breathing potions or something. Yeah. Uh, not the case. No, you just have to run or you have to level up to the point where you have enough time to do what you need to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can just hold your breath for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the path out of Sleet Island to the west, uh, you have to wake up a face by throwing a rock at it. Um, and mm-hmm. this causes it to uh, to make a magical bridge. Um, and this gets you over into the ruins of Desarune, which is like the first major dungeon you get, really. Yeah. And, and this was, I did this before I did Kill Breach. Mm-hmm. And this was the moment I fell head over heels in love with the game. Yeah. Um, you know, this game does so much for like, I love the dungeon as like a basic unit of love. Yeah. You know, like just like mm, a dungeon. Yeah. You know, and the, and the idea of a dungeon is very appealing to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and this as like the self-contained, like I like the way that this game, instead of having one mega dungeon, having eight or so smaller dungeons yeah, uh, connected, like this is a really nice gameplay setting. Like this is an evening of play, like mm-hmm. 
this dungeon will take a few hours to get through but as a as a piece it's incredibly satisfying Mm -hmm. it's very like it's got like what like three levels to it or something like that um it's pretty intricate uh there are lots of different little wards that you can go to um Mm -hmm. it's pretty basic too like there's um you know so uh the gimmick here is that it adds these magical sky bridges we saw a couple of these Mm -hmm. over on sleet island but uh you control them now yes um you have the ability to to to, to do that so uh, a number of the puzzles are going to revolve around that um something that is a little bit off-putting is the fact that they introduced the ice guardians here um Mm -hmm. and wow these things wrecked me yeah they're they're rough um, they cast spells, which will hit your back ranks. And they also uh, don't just, excuse me, they don't just rush you. Um, they yeah. will try to get away and try to make distance so they can use uh, range attacks. Yeah. Um, and they can fly, too. So they will just mm-hmm. hover out over a ledge and harry you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your tactic is basically get them by themselves and get them into a four by four. Yeah. Like like anything, but they will try to avoid doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're they're tricky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, there's a puzzle here called Skyway where you have to leave rocks on or leave objects on pressure plates. Uh, basically, when a pressure plate is depressed, uh, it kind of sleeps in bed all day, uh, doesn't really eat or eats mm-hmm. too much. No, uh, when a pressure plate is depressed, um, the magical bridge will uh, spawn above it. So you have to make mm-hmm. a little path by leaving junk on the floor. Yep, uh, above, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this little spider puzzle. This spans a couple floors. Mm-hmm. Um, were you uh, there? This is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, the... There is a spider in like, this is very complicated. <laughs> yeah. There's like a spider in a central chamber. Mm-hmm. And the intuitive thing you need to be able to do is turn on a teleporter and open a door. Mm-hmm. So he falls onto a pressure plate below. Yes. So it's like he, he, he is running down like a five unit hallway with three yeah. uh, trap doors beneath him. He will always run toward you because that's the behavior of the spiders. You have to like press the button to drop him down when he is in the middle square. Yeah. Which shows you which uh, holes you need to drop things into. Yes. To, uh, to open up the path forward. This is really difficult. Yeah. It's uh, like you know, one of your first like multi- multi-step puzzles and definitely yeah. one of the first that has spanned floors. Yeah, anything that spans floors or spans a large area is pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, this One of the things in comparing this to Ocarina of Time is it made me appreciate how much I like contained puzzles. Mm-hmm. You know, like when people talk sugar about Zelda dungeons, one of the things that they like is that like, oh, that you're you're basically figuring out the entire space and everything is related to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that this, uh, this works a lot better for me. Yeah. Like, here's the name of the puzzle. Here's the concept. Do it. Mm-hmm. And then here's this connective tissue. And sometimes they meet. But I don't really like fighting while solving a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much yeah um i don't want to necessarily have the like you know have it be totally scene and yeah yeah to having totally but like the idea of uh okay time for puzzle here's a cutscene showing me all the parts of the puzzle etc yeah. i want it all to be integrated in the same system mm-hmm. but i don't want to try to keep this kind of shit in mind while fighting yes. and the game is really good about that mm-hmm. yeah um it's weird because it seems like it's at odd it's good when things are kind of semi um and something being simulated kind of makes it sound like it's going to be naturalistic but it's like those individual elements or that kind of palette that you use for interaction kind of works best in more artificial spaces yes yeah yeah it it disguises the seams really well yeah of how how artificial it is Mm -hmm. so um the enemies here are really really hard (laughs) yeah um so i was here again i was here early 
um, at least like two levels early. So every one of these things was basically a boss yeah. encounter. I had. Especially those crabs, man. Those crabs, they, yeah. uh, they hit like a truck. Yep. I think that's their only real concept, too. They can side saddle like mm-hmm. a crab, uh, but they are uh, side scuttle, uh, <laughs> but they just hit really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and then there are slimes that disease you. Um, the way disease works in this game is if you have disease, you cannot heal mm-hmm. um, until you get rid of the disease. You can craft potions to get rid of it, but it's a pain. Yeah. Um, I think the slimes, and you can tell me if this was your experience, I thought that they counterattacked when you attacked them as well. I didn't notice that. that just a but it could have very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I used all ranged weapons and spells on slimes. Yeah. Whenever I could. Yeah. I tried to keep my distance. Um, just because disease diseased. was a big, big bummer. Like, yeah, no, yep. I, I don't really feel like <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't feel like uh, crafting a potion for this. So I will just cross the floor, get back mm-hmm. to the healing crystal, and then come back. Because there's probably, yep. you know, probably things in the directions where there are not slimes and crabs. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah. That, that, we don't go down that, that hallway. <laughs> we boarded up that basement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so you head downstairs. There's a little uh, micro hub yeah. that allows you to go uh, to the uh, lexiconary. Um, you can go up to the surface there, like through a warp, or you can continue mm-hmm. to the sewers of Stormbreach. Yes. Or Stor- uh, yeah, Stormbreach, the hamlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, so this little hub is the archive, um, and this is two little treasure rooms. Um, oh, there, there's kind of a puzzle that spans them. You've got, uh, uh, this again, the made up language puzzle, um, and you have to walk along the pressure plates, um, in the, um, uh, in the order that they tell you through the code. Mm-hmm. And you, you've, you found the, uh, the, the, the codex elsewhere here in, uh, in Desarune. Yeah, you find it's a, it's the floor under actually. So yeah, like when you okay. first run into this, you can't do anything mm-hmm. with it. I mean, you could if you cheated, but you don't know the code. Yeah, you have to yeah. go downstairs, get the code, and come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, some, something else you find here is a series of notes that explain the movements of the captain, um, mm-hmm. and all of these notes actually form the input that you need to do at the cemetery gates in order to open it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In order to open up the rest of Morrissey's greatest hits, <laughs> in addition to cemetery gates. <laughs> Uh, you also um, get a magic revolver. Uh, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, it doesn't just, uh, you know, it doesn't just draw from your pellets. You actually have to reload it. Uh, so you, hmm. you know, it's the, like the special ability is to reload, but the exchange is that each of the individual shots has a, has a shorter cooldown. So it's like oh, okay. bursts of fire that you can do. And then, you know, re- you reload when you can. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's quickly outpaced, um, but it's a good gimmick. Yeah. Um, down below, that's where we're going to get our, our code here. And the gimmick of this floor is that there are four figurines we have to get. We have to go find those in four different puzzles mm-hmm. and uh, put them in their specific alcoves. Right. Um, uh, and it's kind of a little bit of a logic puzzle. Yeah. They're like, I can't fly. I am alive. You know, things like that. Yeah. So, you know, describing yeah. these individual uh, creatures that you do. Um, so the first one that I got was the Crowern figurine. Like those are the flying lightning dudes, uh, that you fought, uh, up there mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, this is a teleporter, uh, <laughs> teleporter puzzle, but it's a particular kind of teleporter. We have not encountered this before. It only moves items and not people. Uh, mm-hmm. so you have to, um, figure out which direction to throw stuff through this, uh, th- through this portal, as you you know move the uh, exit around in order to get to to get the thing to land on pressure plates yeah yep and that will happen uh, figuring out that teleporters work for objects as well is important lesson for later yeah um the northwest if it's the one that i i think it is uh <laughs> here so there are these alcoves 
here um, that call for specific items. Um, the way this, I think the, the way this puzzle works, and if, if it's the one I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. is uh, it's rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. So it says uh, blade, but you don't want to put blade there. You want to put rock because rock beats blade. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like blade, rock, and uh, scroll. Yeah. I yeah. think is what it says. Um, or sword, rock, and scroll. Mm-hmm. So if you just put a, a scroll in the scroll spot, <laughs> it doesn't work. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. But if you put a, a blade in the scroll spot, blade beats scroll mm-hmm. uh, here. So, so I didn't, I didn't figure that out. I just mixed them up. I'm like, all right, there are only nine combinations. I can brute force it. <laughs> I like when puzzles allow you to brute force. Yeah. Uh, Cause who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like you could do that in real life. If you were down here. Yeah. Uh, doing this puzzle like so it, this ended up being like the intuitive leap for me was very fun because i was yeah. like oh that's that's fucking dumb it can't be that oh shit <laughs> yeah, they have it's rock actually, paper scissors on this fucking world it's actually <laughs> it's really clever <laughs> yeah. yeah but you can it's it's a small enough combination that where it's like who cares yeah yeah you know just get just get through it um <laughs> yeah uh, that is how you get the ogre figurine i will fight ogres later yeah uh you um, go up to the northeast uh, and you've got another um i about said rashomon puzzle uh sokoban mm-hmm. puzzle <laughs> <laughs> where you have to uh, use these stones to create a bridge. Uh, mm-hmm. However, the squares are not activated. So instead of like directly moving them to make the bridge and you know get it lined up, you actually have to like push them into a position where you can stand on them and throw objects under pressure plates to activate the uh, the dead squares uh, yeah. to get stuff into place. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, real fun. Push that over. And then uh, this gets you the skeleton figurine. And then in the southeast, uh, there are these puzzles that involve stepping onto empty air where there are the invisible skyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this Yeah, very much. Uh, personally, this didn't work for me. Um, I ended up saves coming a lot because the penalty for failure was falling back down and doing a lot of annoying climbing. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was not, not, was not super crazy about these. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like it's clever. Like what, what you eventually have to figure out, like, okay, once you know where to start, you, you know, the, to go one way, you are walking over the longest possible drop. Um, mm-hmm. And to re- return back, you have to walk over the clean squares and not the dirty ones. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually really good and cool, but the trial and error was not great. Well, and also looking down requires realizing you can free look. Yes, that is in true. The game, yeah. Which is so rarely useful. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the game tells you early on that you can do it. Yeah. But you don't use it up until this point. Right. You know, so there are a couple points in which it's useful. Sometimes it's useful to peek around a corner and see, you know, if you're kiting an enemy, yeah. how close he is. But uh, it's really, really helpful here. And it's obnoxious to have yeah. it kind of be the basis of a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Especially this far yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pocket agrees. Um, so... <laughs> Yep, Pocket's with me. Um, he's awake now, so everybody watch the fuck out. He's gonna get um, so you can go and you, you do that little logic puzzle, which gets you um, to this uh, ornate room with these already active mimics uh, inside. Um, or no, that's not the logic puzzle. That's a secret switch. Yeah. But that's yeah. where the mimics live. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's yep. where they deploy. It's dispatch. It's central dispatch for mimics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, take the sword. Um, <laughs> go to level four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when you actually do the logic puzzle with the figurines, you get uh, into the uh, lexiconary mm-hmm. and you uh, you get the power gem and you get a scroll with that codex. Yes. That deciphers the uh, the language. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, and we have actually found a way into a new area, uh, which is going to be important. We're going to go over to the Hamlet of Stormbreach. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is a big challenge spike. 
uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is really difficult. Yeah. Specifically um, because of the addition of, um, well, I mean, above ground is a whole different story, but even in the sewers, which is, I have to get, get to here, just the, fl- the free floating ratlings around, Yeah, you know, shooting you when you can't necessarily get to them, uh, is a real big deal down here. Tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get there, uh, from the sewers, no. you know, for that you get to from the ruin under Desarune. Um, there's this above ground area you can go to that's very uh, small that you can immediately get to that has this switch puzzle, which gives you a, a really vague map. Yeah. Uh, not super useful. Um, and we're back to turrets, <laughs> tons of turtles, yeah. you know, around, but also, um, way tougher, uh, wargs. Yeah. In my yes. experience, like, I think we said that they don't actually get tougher, but I think these are tougher. Yeah. But these are like a palette swap. And we also said there were yeah. no palette swaps. Yeah, I, I forgot about these guys. I think they're the yeah. only ones. Yeah, it's like sand wargs and then and then field wargs. I think is is yeah. what the difference difference is. So th- these things are horrible, and then mm-hmm. there are ogres, which are they'll charge at you if they hit you. They put knock you back, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you can get these guys to one spot, they're okay. Yeah. Like one of these and a four a two by two grid is doable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but they're not there. Uh, they're with these wargs. The other thing with these wargs is they howl. Yep. Which I think summons all the wargs in the area. Oh, geez. Which I don't think the other ones do. Yeah. Um, no, they're like, the, the, like, this, this is, is really, really difficult. <laughs> this is really tough. Like, I've, I've, yeah. I didn't clear this area. Like, even before it got harder later, it was like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, dart from point of interest to point of interest and hope that I can just stay, hope that I can just stay below notice. And I think that something that helps that is the fact that there are multiple um, kind of sewer entrances and exits. Like, there's the yeah. north one, there's the east one, there's the south one. Like, there are lots of ways, but it's not like the sewer is a real walk in the park either. No, no. But it does give you a little bit of respite. Yeah. Um, this is also, um, I did something that caused air elementals to spawn here. And oh, this is yeah. where they Slender Man chased me. Because I did not have the Dispel spell. Yeah. So I just, like, this thing just ran, chased me all over. <laughs> like, yep. the ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, this uh, is your second glimpse of the, uh, possibly your second glimpse of the Island Master. Uh, the cloaked figure who activates the life crystal when you get here. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yep. Uh, which you can then use and then he disappears. Um, there's this thing called the House of Needles, which sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the acupuncture place down in the corner um, <laughs> where there's this uh, maze of spikes that emerge in waves around these corridors. Mm-hmm. We have to navigate this safely uh, in order to get a power gem. And it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be obnoxious to me if I wasn't at the point where I could tank yeah yeah some some spikes you, you can make a few mistakes on it um mm-hmm. but they're like they're the the safe spots are pretty plenty plentiful here too yeah yeah yep, yep. um it's complicated too the my mm-hmm. one of the most thrilling uh scary parts of the game was uh the air elemental which i thought i had lost had chased me into here while i was trying <laughs> to get like all the treasure oh no uh which is really great yeah. like and it's just like i can't let them corner me because the air elementals are obnoxious but they don't do that much damage yeah the fire elementals are the ones that like who are down in the sewers yeah. below here really fuck you. The air elementals are obnoxious, but they could trap me because I couldn't damage them. It was basically like being underwater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no fun. Uh, another challenge temple here is the House of Braids, um, which yes. is the hairstyling place right next to the acupuncture place. Um, uh, this is kind of a true lights out puzzle, except you're not just, you know, trying to make your way across. You know, when you step onto a particular square, um, the... Um, uh, trap doors around you will open or close like they'll toggle they'll yeah. toggle state you have to find a path around this to get to four um switches 
in order to open the gate out. So it is uh, much more complicated than if you were just trying to get everything to be the same or get across a space. And there's a really nice um, little game design kindness here. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you look at this and you think you're just trying to get across, when you get across, there's a treasure chest with a uh, key in it. Yeah. When you actually fall down below this, you end up in the sewers, mm-hmm. but there's a little sign that says, like, shortcut to yeah. the key. And if you put the key in there, it teleports you right up to the front of this puzzle. It's so kind. Giving you multiple chances. Yeah, yeah. it's, like, really kind and really kind of elegant. Like, hey, we know this is how you're gonna first going to do it. Mm-hmm. Here's how you can keep trying it, like, iterate fairly quickly Yeah. on this thing. It's good. <laughs> and like and and that's what you get when the villain in your game is a game designer <laughs> it, that, that's, the, that's literally it yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> you know it sounds like i'm joking yeah, but i'm not i got this phil fish <laughs> um the uh in one of these uh so you're kind of going in and out of the sewers uh you know the the hamlet does not have very much in the way of hamlet stuff no no um, it's not like there's tons of you know houses mm-hmm. uh here um, it's, it's ruins, but you go down in the sewer at one point you pick up a shield and the trickster shows up and now instead of rocks, he throws firebombs. <laughs> he uh, ruined really, me. Gary, he ruined it's, it's, me. It's, it's horrible. Like it is really, really tough as far as making like a nemesis, like a character mm-hmm. that's going to like antagonize you and frustrate you. So it's very satisfying at the end where you can optionally kill him. Mm-hmm. They did a good job with this fucker. Yeah. It's great. Um, also yeah. down here in the sewers, uh, you find a long hallway full of bones. There's like a sign. There's a note that says enter at your own risk. Um, and it's, I mean, advisable to think twice because when you go in, you get another boss encounter uh, with not a very good boss. Uh, the rattling. Yeah. rattling the the other thing that I really like is there's a place where you can see um, the, uh, you can reach into the other side of the cage and there's two pieces of cheese and there's a note that says, don't mess with it or something. <laughs> this so is just my steal cheese. His cheese. Like nothing happens there, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, this is not a great, uh, boss, the rattling boss, yeah. uh, who looks great, mm-hmm. but it's just a big arena with, um, a bunch of rattlings and then him with a cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cannon does absolutely unreasonable damage. Yeah. Um, and the trick to it is he won't fire through his own men. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of create like a little bit of a shield by engaging toe to toe with one of the rattlings yeah, and making the big one kind of maneuver around you. And then by the time he gets around you, you reposition. Yeah. It's really difficult though. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's really, really hard. It's really easy to get stuck in a corner. And once you do, mm-hmm. you're basically done. Yeah. Like uh, this, this is very difficult and not super good. Yeah. I I, basically the only saving grace of this for me, the only, the only way that I got through, you know, cause he took everybody out except for my wizard. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a central pillar. Um, and he corners very slowly. He's like a, like a Komodo dragon or something. So yeah. like, I just would wait around a corner and then wait for him to, uh, you know, walk into a square, get off a spell and then very, very quickly get out of the way. And I just plinked him down that way. It felt very, just very cheesy to me. It was not a fun way to engage with him, but engaging with him the way that I would normally do it just led to death way too quickly. It didn't feel like there was a way to engage with him. Yeah. uh, Other than, than basically doing that to me. I ended up using um, one of my life crystal Mm. crystal shards on this uh, because this was really difficult. And I ended up in a similar situation where all my frontliners were dead um, and I didn't have resurrection potions in their hands, yeah. uh, which is, you know, it's kind of before I understood that I needed to do that. Yeah. 
So I ended up like having the mad dash while fucking around with my inventory, which is fun. Yeah. You know, like, again, I like that to use the crystal. And then by then it was like one or two rattlings left on the boss. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I could, I could handle it. Yeah. It's rough. Um, how is the cannon? Because I, I, I was happy you could pick that up, even though it was not spec for guns. Yeah, yeah. So the cannon's kind of weird because my alchemist, even though he had the uh, the pack rat trait and could carry more, it's very, very heavy. Um, mm-hmm. The ammo is also very heavy. I think each one of them is a kilogram um, as opposed to like a half kilogram for a lot of the other stuff. Um, and it does a lot of damage. I don't know that it does as much damage to other people as it does to as it did to you it generally was good but eventually the ammo became so rare that i i ceased seeing a point to carrying it around you know yeah so like if, there's a world maybe where i would have like stashed it in the hub and then just kind of like hoarded the uh, cannonballs and if i was having trouble with an encounter i would have gone and grabbed it and then brought it back to bear uh that didn't necessarily end up being the case mm. so you know you, you can't reuse the ammo in that either right okay i wasn't sure if that one because it looked kind of like you could yeah yeah uh no um so this is for me this was the thing that let the fire elementals loose okay uh in the in the sewer for Mm. me so i just kind of came out and got one shot a couple times after the boss and i was just like well fuck man and then just healed you know reloaded a few times and then Mm. eventually it was just like nope i just gotta soak up these fuckers yeah um you know we talked about the fire elementals Mm mm-hmm there's also a puzzle I really don't like here uh, called follow the leader. Oh, yeah. Just another spike one. It's like, uh, so the idea is the spikes trace a path around this maze. You need to follow them and hit the switches in the order the spikes pass them. Mm-hmm. Um, the margin for error here is very difficult, like very slight. Yes. Um, and I didn't know how I was supposed to tell where the spikes started. Yeah. Because there's a correct button to hit first, but it's mm-hmm. moving on a loop. Yeah. Like any button could be the correct one because it's a circle. Yeah. So what ended up happening was I went around like two or three times. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. And and it was just obnoxious. Like I just kept getting hit and I'm like, well, this is dipping into my supplies. Yeah. You know, it took a couple of tries. Um, I just didn't find this really obnoxious. Yeah. Um, This is my least favorite reflex based Mm -hmm. puzzle in the game. It's not good. Um, Especially on top of the just the, the general combat challenge with this area. Um, mm-hmm. One that's pretty good. Uh, you get into a room with all these strange shaped islands. Um, these yeah. correspond to the map that you found up on the surface after doing the little switch puzzle. Uh, that map like has the shapes. They're almost like Tetris blocks, and they're numbered. Um, and you have they're, to. So they're not numbered. They're just they're just in reading order. Are they? Yeah. Which is re- yeah yeah. There's no numbers. So I was like, this was again a really fun intuitive leap because I was yeah. like, what order am I supposed to fucking do these? And I was yeah. like. Well, surely it can't just be like I'm reading it left to right. But that, that is the, the order. Yeah, yeah, I think that maybe yeah. I, I like the, the the intuitive leap was so instantaneous that I just saw the order that they were presented as just the sequence that you had to do. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's just like there's uh, no numbers. and it, But once you do it, once you go through the things, like a treasure chest appears. Mm-hmm. And you're in a room full of water goblins. Yeah. Uh, here and the fire elementals had chased me in here. So this was obnoxious. <laughs> it was hell. Um, yeah, but getting getting the treasure was satisfying. Yeah. Um, so you can go up and get into the air shrine. Uh, you have to go through the sewer to get there. And I think there are two ogres outside of it. Um, regardless, you can go in and you learn a little bit more about this captain, about Kilhagen. Um, just like he arrived at the, uh, you know, they, they shipwrecked on the island. He was miserable here. He lost all of his men and he spent basically 11 years trying to search for this missing shrine 
but then he realized it was overcomplicating it and it says something very important. The gate was revealed not by the most complex, but by the most balanced spell of them all. Yeah. And then yep. it says, follow the steps of Kilhagen the Wise. Again, giving you the clues that you need. Yep. Um, you can also get into the crystal mine from here. Uh, there's a puzzle, this short little hallway of pressure plates, and it says to get in, uh, follow the path of the snail. This is so clever. Um, which is, <laughs> yep. You just have to walk and stand on each path for a second, each button, <laughs> and just walk really slow to get into the crystal mine, which is a dungeon I don't care for too much. No, it's it's kind of a low card. Yeah. Um, you know, and there there aren't... Nothing in this game is egregious, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, one dungeon had to be the worst dungeon. Yes, right? um, and, and it's I, almost entirely because of one enemy that's present here. Yeah, yep. Uh, they 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 really suck. Yeah. Um, it's also like really difficult to kind of see around. Yeah. Um, in here, uh, there's lots of status effects. Mm-hmm. Um, in here, so it's like Spider Town. Yeah. Which you know, yeah. like okay, spiders. You know, hit me up. I can deal with hit that. Me up, spiders. Okay. Spiders in your area. Po- po- poison. <laughs> Yeah. All the spinkle spiders, all the single spiders, you know, like <laughs> give it to me. Yeah. Uh, but there are also these beholder kind of things. Yeah. These, like, sw- flying eye squids. Octopuses, which is which doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not great. Eye <laughs> and octopus. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like they're they're like uh, beholders or Aramon, like Dumai kind of things. Uh, they're real durable. They fly. Uh, so, you know, they've got all the uh, downsides of those, you know, crystal guardians or whatever. But they will inflict blindness, which... Co- you know, it doesn't just reduce your character's accuracy. It blocks your field of view. Well, and they, they can do um, these or a palette swapped version of them can do paralysis. So paralysis or, uh, only happens. rather. Oh, okay. So the, yeah. um, the paralysis or petrification happens in the ones in the cemetery, in the crypt. Gotcha, there. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. They're very okay. similar so enemies. there are now two palette yeah. swaps, yeah. Um, both the, of which suck ass. Their, their, their models are slightly different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're shape swaps. Um, the, uh, but both of which are horrible enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, darkness is really annoying. Yeah. Uh, there's not a cure for it. Just time. Like, it's like 10 seconds, yeah, but it's enough. Yeah. yeah you just wait it out. Um, they're really annoying. These things fucking suck. Yeah. Um, the puzzles here are fine. It's just the combat in the zone is not great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like, they're, like, this is a zone that has a lot of pitfalls that take you to new content, you know, like it's mm-hmm. a very vertical place. Um, you know, but like getting back up is a little bit of a bummer sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the first puzzle that I did here uh, is called Simulacra. Uh, there are two rooms. One has pushable blocks and the other has these force field blocks that actually match the configuration um, mm-hmm. of where they go. You're not just trying to clear a path, but you're also um, trying to set it up so you can go through like a couple of like one way gates. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not as simple as it first looks. No, but clever, you yeah. know, good. Um, there is a power gem we can see, but we can't get there yet. Um, so we have to continue. If you go to the far north of the dungeon, um, there's a place where you can, uh, you throw a rock to get onto a pressure plate to get to this certain wing of the mine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where you can find your, your free rope. You have mm-hmm. to spend a key for, which is yeah. nice. Um, it's heavy, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's like, it actually ends up being kind of a, uh, cause I was rolling big boy squad. I never ran into equipment yeah yeah issues like everyone had boxes and bags of everything yeah well there's a um, like there is a um a necklace you can get it's like a length of chain or whatever that makes mm-hmm. it so you're not affected by hunger or burden so you can yeah, actually like, yeah. you can put that onto your onto your minotaur one, well, yeah. one of them anyway and like make that your des- designated um pack mule yeah yep. yep yep um even though like pack muling has the trait negative trade-off of making fucking around in inventory and combat more difficult yes. Yeah. You know, so you have to find the right balance between those things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, but yeah, I was at no problem with ropes. Um, there's another kind of lights out puzzle here uh, that you do. And there's a puzzle called the fearless uh, where you need to stand on a pressure plate and block a fireball. The fireball is going to hit uh, an aperture mm-hmm. that will deactivate something. Yeah. You need to let it hit you instead. Yep. And even though I knew what I had to do, I still had the reflex to step out of the way. So I yep. flinched. <laughs> yep. It does almost no damage to you. Yeah. Um, but it's just, again, like the title of the puzzle gives you the hint. Yeah. On what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go downstairs to a, like, uh, a, <laughs> so it is a uh, another one of these, the projectile needs to hit the receptacle puzzles it's more complicated Mm -hmm. than it seems like it ought to be given the uh given like the overall like square footage of it uh it's Mm -hmm. it's a very dense puzzle where you have this um spark that shoots out of these regular intervals you have some gates that you need to open um when the spark hits the you know hits the pressure plate or hits the receptacle um it changes the state of some uh um, trap doors that you have to Mm -hmm. cross Yeah. yeah complicated yep um, if you go all the way down to the bottom, uh, you land in the abyss, which is full of spiders, of course. Mm-hmm. But there's also a forge down here where you can forge your meteorite into that heavy weapon flail. It's really uh, funny. So there's like a, you know, it's like a plinth you can walk up to. And there's a sign that says, ah, yes, the forge of the stars or something like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you had told me to, you know, go, go, go find this meteor. So I got it. I was like, okay, so I'm going to put it on here. It's going to turn into like a big, like ornate hammer or whatever. No, what happens is it like a chain is attached to it. <laughs> So the oh. fourth, it's literally you're just swinging the meteor around on the end of a chain. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because meteor is a material. Like I've been finding pieces of meteor armor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this. That's like your best. We didn't really plate. talk about in the uh, the generalities how armor works in the game, but like mm-hmm. you have proficiency levels that reduce your penalty for wearing it. So everyone yes. can wear the armor, but you get a penalty to your evasion. Yeah. And you basically have like damage reduction and evasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, by being proficient in armor, um, you get rid of the negative yeah. while keeping the, uh, the positive. Mm-hmm. So armor ended up weird, weirdly being like a good place to put extra stats. Yeah. For folks. Yeah. Armor is useful. Yeah. And thus, mm-hmm. um, so you get ready to leave the mine. There's no, uh, there's no boss here or anything other yeah. than the boss that comes. I think if you come here before you fight the, the rattling, okay. this doesn't happen. Um, because the reason why there's a boss here, it's actually when you leave the mine, the leprechaun has released more rattlings and another rattling cannoneer. Yeah. Uh, and if you kill him, you find a letter that the leprechaun sent him. That's like, Hey, this guy killed your brother. Like, don't you want revenge? <laughs> oh my God. I just ran. It was too much for me. Oh yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. He's here for a reason. The leprechaun, uh, <laughs> sent him a letter telling him that you're here and he's got a score to settle. He, he called in blood vengeance. <laughs> yeah. He called in blood vengeance on you. Um, and this is incredibly hard. Like I had yeah. come here late again. I also, I did the crystal mines after I did the cemetery. Yeah. yeah. So I you know, did these different orders. So I was powerful enough to fight him Yeah, and I wanted to, in case he gave me something. Cause you know, treasure treasure yeah uh but yeah it's a he was he was, he was a when harry met sally <laughs> kind of thing yeah <laughs> like uh, uh oh, sleepless in seattle rather hey yeah, yeah. uh, either or that's what i meant <laughs> yeah. they all have the same plots yep So the cemetery is really fun. Um, we can get into the beginning of this early on, and it's worthwhile to go in there and get some treasure and such. 
Um, but there's a series of instructions in the archives, the one that tell you uh, the Zafi Traveler or what have you and tell you about his journey, yeah. which you use on like a combination lock to get mm-hmm. deeper in. Yeah. Um, and you get deep in, uh, this place is full of zombies. Uh, they, mm-hmm. I didn't notice them behaving very differently compared to like the mummies. They just seem faster to me. Yeah. They're, they're faster. They hurt more. Yeah. I think yeah. is the kind of their whole thing. Yeah. Uh, there's also a bunch of graves you can dig up. Um, digging is kind of interesting because it takes time. So you're also yes. expending food, uh, to do that in a dungeon where there is no food. The zombies do not drop meats that you can, yep. that you can eat. <laughs> yep and there's very little food actually just found here yeah, yeah so the kind of the concept of this dungeon is bring you know bring your sack lunches like yes again rolling with big boy squadron i could carry everything and yeah. they most of them if not all of them had the trait that they didn't actually eat more food mm-hmm. so i was pretty full up that um, is but not, if I had not a been normal, more conservative <laughs> that is not a normal size lunch that is a gigantic lunch everyone is doing hungry man dinners <laughs> <laughs> Green yeah. Manitar dinners. Oh, geez. Um, uh, I, so there was one of the uh, tombstones that was just was straight up a reference to the nameless one from Planescape Torment. Mm-hmm. I, so it says, oh, yeah, this is like nameless. He refused to die. I was like, okay, cool. Are the other ones call outs? I didn't recognize them. Did you? Mm-mm. No. I was certain they were. Yeah. And there was, there's like a little bit of a little story in the tombstones where they're talking about somebody who's like a puzzle designer. Yeah, it's like a family that has the last name Riddle, but I didn't discern anything from them. Like the only Riddle last name I know is from Harry Potter, and I yeah. don't think it was referencing that. No. I was thinking this was either Finland shit or a mm. reference to somebody they knew. Possible. You know? Yeah. So, or like somebody on the staff or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of which, like digging up graves ends up being fairly profitable. Like you fight enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or you get a potion or what have you. Yeah. So I was, I did, I sacrilege like left and right. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Get, my, get me my corpse handling gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One puzzle, uh, you stand on a pressure plate and three gates open around you in order. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to throw items in order, which is kind of tricky because there's a cooldown. Yeah. I'm throwing. Uh, so you have to <laughs> equip three guys with throwing weapons. Yeah. And throw them in the right order. Also, they op- open up the path forward. They they open randomly, so you know it's not always you know this the, the same way. Uh, and because this is first person, you're you're always looking in one direction. You have to use the audio cue. Uh, this is how I learned that when I put my desk back together after doing some rearranging, I uh, have my speakers backwards. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Whoops. damn it! I I hear the sound coming from the left, but it's <laughs> on the right. What? What? The- oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I just need to switch these wires. Well, okay, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> Headphones game. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's another puzzle, um, where there are sets of switches on the left and right, and they move these floors around this kind of ring of pitfalls mm-hmm. that are there. Um, very tricky. Yeah. You have to rotate the floor in a way so that you don't fall through this. Yes. So like, you do not want to press the switch, um, if you are standing on the floor that is controlled by that switch, otherwise you're going to fall through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an urn puzzle uh, where you have to clear a path for a spark by destroying things from a distance. Yeah. Um, and one of which you can do, you know, most of the things you can just kind of throw rocks over there. But mm-hmm. one of them you have to use teleporter maneuvering Yeah. to throw uh, a rock around a corner. I love that. This is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's really clever. Yeah. Um, but all of this, uh, you know, like I think you got a couple of like power gems up here, but it is taking you down into the center uh, catacomb. Uh, center crypt here down to these catacombs where like a particular family was buried these two brothers 
uh, the the Wormbound brothers who have been uh, grand uh, gifted with immortality, but like not the good kind where you get to stay alive. <laughs> no, just they're, zombies. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're skeleton yeah. zombies. But this is Zarent and Oral Wormbound. Um, I, I was so happy with this because I love a uh, skeleton crypt. Yep, I love a skeleton you know? a, a skeleton crypt and also um, a science dungeon is what's happening down yeah. here too. Yeah, there's at a least lab. with Oral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oral's great. Like this is super good. Like this is uh, my se- after Darasun. This is my second. Yeah, uh, favorite dungeon in the game. Yeah, uh, but these brothers they were servants to the dragons uh, over on the mainland, uh, but they betrayed them. They stole an egg and then brought it over to Nex. And then the island master said, uh, "Yes, I will give you dominion over the catacombs." <laughs> Yeah, and then raise that egg as his own. Well, yes, and that's why the island master flies a dragon. Yes, yeah. Oh. Um, so there are big bugs here uh, yeah. that kind of harry you. There's not a whole lot to them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, a way bigger deal are these uh, zeleroids, which are the tentacle eye things that paralyze you. Yeah. Um, there isn't a potion. Nope. For par- paralysis. Uh, that sucks. It, it goes away after a few cooldown rounds, but yeah. yeah. Quite uh, a while, though. Yeah. Uh, and just losing a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if your your heavy hitter gets hit with this, like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, these things suck. Yeah. It feels like they come out of nowhere, too. Like, if yeah. that's a, just a problem with flying enemies in the game in general. Like, if something walks, you can kind of say, like, oh, yeah, like, this is where they started. You kind of get the sense that they just put these somewhere, and then they just make a beeline for you. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah. the first floor here is um, Zarin's realm. Um, you know, here mm-hmm. in the catacombs, it's pretty big. There's lots of puzzles and combats, and we're kind of accelerated right now. Like these puzzles are uh, complicated, and the floors are really big. But we're just gonna hit the highlights, you know. Yeah, these are big dungeons. Yeah. Same thing with the next thing. Same thing with the pyramid. Yeah, like both really big dungeons. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a puzzle that I was initially really frustrated with, but then I realized how good the hint is. Uh, the bridge. Mm-hmm. So, like, you find a note that basically says, like, over and down and over and over and down and then over again or something like that. Um, It looks real simple. You know, it's just a bridge with a little door on the end of it and a walkway under it. But the note is kind of telling you this complicated dance that you have to do, basically walking under it and over it um, a certain number of times before it'll open up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Which I, I was, you know, I was down for. Yeah um here like uh that is a good one to move forward there's another uh puzzle here the clock four puzzle where there is a chamber with a ring of open trap doors around it and the closed trap door depends on which hour yeah. it is so you have to rest and wake up and um, when you rest you just hold r and time starts moving quickly and then you press it again mm-hmm. to stop resting um you're not immune to enemies or anything uh, no, during no, the times you want to find safe spots uh, if you're yeah. doing that uh for tactical reasons not for puzzle reasons mm-hmm. but uh this is you know Again, that intuitive leap that the the face of a clock, mm-hmm. you know, is uh, is what these pits are. It's good. Um, there's a puzzle that is, oh, this is an early game puzzle that is here in a late game dungeon. Uh, the pressure plates that you have to, um, like, mirror the state. So, like, on the other mm-hmm. side of a room, there's some objects on pressure plates. Okay, I'm going to overcomplicate this. I think it's needs any. I think it's going to be much harder than it actually is. No, no, you literally just put the objects on the matching plates. I thought, it, yeah, I thought it had to be on the ones that it didn't. Yeah, you know, weren't on things like that. And yeah, this is it's a little too easy. Yeah. and that can be a bummer. Like if something is a little too easy, it's like mm-hmm. expectation setting is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you waste so, time overthinking it. <clears throat> yep. 
uh, you end up making your way to Zerant Wormbound here. Uh, Zerant and Oral are basically the same as far as boss fights. Yeah. yeah. Um, dual wielding longsword uh, enemies that have a couple of different like flashy moves, but generally the way the boss fight works is killing the skeleton horde. Yeah. yeah. So you can fight him alone. Um, there's two of these in a row and they're not great. No, no. Um, and yeah. like the, the, the trick is, you know, the skeletons will mostly um, come out of these little alcoves that open up, you know, hidden doors. Mm -hmm. And then you just want to lure one of them out and then nestle yourself back in and fight them one on one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't do that. I ended up uh, staying mobile. Oh, I did lots of kiting. Yeah. On, uh, on this bad boy, uh, which is tricky, but it's, it's, you know, but yeah, yeah it, it's a, it's a tough, tough fight. Yeah. Um, there's a huge zombie pit you can fall into. It's just absolutely full of them. You need to clear them out and press these switches to get the specific power gem mm -hmm. down there. And this ends up going to another level down to Oral's crypt, the dark science crypt. Uh, my shit. Hi. <laughs> yeah, this is this is extremely good. Yeah. Extremely good. Yeah, so Oral was the brains and I think Zarent was the was the brawn. Um, so there's like a central room here in this crypt and there are three wings that you can teleport to. They have different names, like one's the laboratory, the test chamber, etc., um, mm -hmm. but in each of these wings, you solve the puzzles and then you get the skull key that you need to summon oral, uh, who yep. says he's fallen in numerous battles, but risen again with the power of crystals. Maybe when you do a dark souls podcast, everything looks like it looks like a nail, but, uh, somebody who betrays the dragons, um, and extends his life using crystals feels mm. kind of like a shout out to me. I was assuming that him rising again with the power of crystals was a shout out to goop. <laughs> Yeah. Paltrow's yeah, snake he just, oil. Yeah, so, no, he just, he just he just puts one of the crystals up in his vagina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oral's vagina. Yep. You know, Oral. My my two interest on uh, dating profiles. Really, it's a really direct profile. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, hey, listen, let's not beat her on the bush except for yours. Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> <sighs> so uh the north wing um is this room with these skybridge tiles that are mm -hmm. all there and it says uh once all the lights are out yeah um you know which again is a direct kind of lights out thing you know this isn't that puzzle but it felt that's why i thought it was a first yeah um you know the uh the door will open and you have to make your way through this path these dead ends and basically like a tron bike through like you can't cross a path you've already been yeah it could be because the uh um the the bridges will fade away after you walk on them so it's a little bit like um you're you're doing a first person alcazar puzzle uh, yes. I, I think is what that's called you just have to trace the optimal path all the way around while leaving yourself by the open door mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh pretty satisfying i like that kind of puzzle have you played a uh, dandy dandy dungeon no it's a fun ios game that is uh basically those but with I rpg elements no, I just uh, I was looking for an iOS uh -huh. thing. I started playing One Deck Dungeon. Do you know One Deck Dungeon? I do not know One Deck Dungeon. It is based on a board game. I've been in like a board game mode mm -hmm. on that, and it's a pretty funny solo dice dungeon roguelike. Oh, cool! Kind of thing. Yeah, it's been it's fun. Recommended. Nice. Um, iOS corner in the middle <laughs> of this swamp. Yeah, uh, you go over to the East Wing. Um, and this has little maze that has teleporters that either work on living or dead things. Uh, you just have to make a couple of candy throws. Just mm -hmm. there, there's a fun little note, like just with a, from a guy who died down here saying like, Oh, I threw my ax. <laughs> I threw my favorite ax to that portal. I really wish I knew where it came out. And then you find the ax yeah. later on. Yeah. It was worse than the ax I was already using, which was a bummer. Well, yeah. Uh, cause I, I was already doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the money one. 
Yeah. Here's a south wing, the laboratory, um, <laughs> where he has force fields up with almost every monster that's on the island, like in a, like a monster zoo. Yep. That's where he keeps the specimens. I love it. Yeah. Like, give me a monster zoo. Give me an Aldi's keep. Mm-hmm. Ten times out of ten. Um, and this uh, gives you a little spot the difference puzzles where four little things will appear in force fields and you have mm-hmm. to choose which one is different. Yeah. This is so basic. Like, this is like a Sesame Street shit, uh-huh. but I love it. Yeah. Like, I had so much fun with it. Like, just like, yeah. <laughs> like, you even know? when I got it wrong, I was like, ah, oh, dang. Like, the only punishment is it hits you with fire and then, like, three of the monsters are let out. Um, yeah. But even still, like, it was just fun, like, strafing up and down this thing and saying, like, oh, yeah, that's that's a scroll. Everything else is a potion. You're like, oh, this yeah. is this is uh, this is armor, but everything else is a uh, you know is something you hold in your uh, hold in your hands, yeah. and like the shield is the like maybe maybe not version of that. Yeah, there there are a couple of them that are a little tricky. Yeah, like it's not quite as like easy as it seems. Yeah, but really fun. Um, once you get through here, there's a spike pit uh, with these skylights that reveal the uh, next safe move mm-hmm. if you're not carrying a light source. Uh, this is the thing I tanked through. Oh wow! Uh, here. Yeah. Because I couldn't get this to work. No. Um, there, there, I, like, there's I, a I torch against the wall that you have to take down. Oh, yeah. I took that out. I saw the, the skylights. Okay. Um, but I just couldn't, like, get... Like, I, I, I got it to work, I guess. I could not parse it. Yeah, yeah. And and walk around and stand in the safe spots mm-hmm. uh, fast enough. So I got partway through it. I kept getting hit. And eventually, I was like, I'm going to book it and just heal through this. Yeah, yeah. And booked it and healed through it. Brute force, man. Let me yep. give it, give me lots of ways through it. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, and this is the only, uh, you have a spell that eliminates all sources of light on your party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the only possible use for that that I can think of. Yeah. yeah. No idea. But you get all three of these skull keys and you uh, pop them into the, pop into the locks and then you can get into Oral's lair. And it's basically the same fight as his brother. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be a caster because of all the science, but no, he's just a skeleton warrior. Just a two, two sword. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, um, you got the trickster here chasing you out. <laughs> um, the uh, Then we can head to the pyramid. That's the last major dungeon mm-hmm. of it. Um, you have to use the staff on it uh, to get in, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, this was built by the original inhabitants of the island, and the tombs and wall art show the arrival of the island master. Yeah. Um, and also his, the natives. his betrayal and subjugation of the natives. <laughs> Yeah, no, no good. Yeah, um, I like that, that. How much quiet time there is in this dungeon? Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of like there are a lot of monsters to fight, and they're tough mm-hmm. monsters and interesting monsters. But I like how much uh, just you know long hallways with nothing really going on. Yeah, there's re- like the there's no real combat on this first floor. Like if you fall down into the basement, and when you get up to like the crypts um, on the second mm-hmm. level, um, you end up fighting more like snakes. Then you also have those uh, those medusas. Um, the snakes are basically yeah. just spiders. Uh, the medusas will, inf- will uh, the medusas are kind of a pain, uh, because they fly and they also inflict fear, which is something that I would like, there's basically no way to get rid of without using a crystal. The, uh, petrification. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I, it's, it, well, they're, yeah, they're medusas. They're turning you to stone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're, they're scaring you, but yeah, I couldn't figure out a way to get around this other than crystals. Mm-hmm. So that was a pain. Like they, they have a pretty long wind up. Yeah. You know. When they do it. So you can dodge it, but if they have you in a hallway, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so the, this first floor where you're doing the most intensive puzzling ends up being um, pretty quiet, which is nice. Also, it's like a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a completely different dungeon biome too. Like mm-hmm. these assets, like everything here is like more pristine than the kind of, you know, sewery places we've been before. So the yeah. atmosphere is um, thicker and different. 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the first floor has two kind of main parts. The tomb of the forgotten is in the West and the tomb of the highborn in the East, which, you know, what a kick in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're dead, yeah. um, each of these gives you a key that you need. Yeah. Um, the forgotten has this long hallway of pitfalls, uh, where you need to go to one side of the path and close these trap doors to continue. Yeah. It's real basic. Yep. Yep. And the Highborn has uh, these crypts with these treasures and notes describing who they belong to. Mm-hmm. And these are really tricky. You have to take, like, the number of vassals they said they had. So, like, yeah. he was buried with his two sons, and you find the tombstone with, like, or the uh, mm-hmm. crypt with one sarcophagus standing up and two of them lying down. Yeah. And you're like, those two are the babies. And then you give <laughs> the, uh, you know, you give it to the, the main one, and then yeah. that's the solution. Yeah. There's one that's like, oh, he had nobody in his life. He was buried only with his gold. Um, you know, so you go in there and look at that. Uh, there's, there's one, it's not necessary for the critical path, but if you pick up this mirror gauntlet and take it to is like, so-and-so the glutton, it'll open up a secret wall and there's just a bunch of food back there. That's great. (laughs) I I didn't get that. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, This ended up being a bit of a problem for me because like one of the things I picked up was a really good piece of gear that I needed or they ended Mm. up using. So it sucked to drop it at least momentarily and like go back through and reverse things to get it back. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, typically, when you use something as a key, you can get it back. Not yep. always. Mm-hmm. But the game allows for you, like, even if you just throw, like, a critical item mm-hmm. to use a pressure plate, usually you can find a way to get to that pressure plate and get it yes. back. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's a complicated uh, gate and pressure plate puzzle. Uh, the intuitive leap here is actually re- really subtle uh, because you need to be able to um, – uh, change the state of a pressure plate that is inside of um, a kind of a graded off room. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're just doing like, okay, I'm going to drop one of these down um, and uh, press it down, you get over to the other side and you can't reach it to pick it up to change the state. So like you have to, you have to put something on there, go to the other side, put um, another object on the nearer side from, from, from over there and then go back over and pick up the far one. Um, yeah, this is complicated. Yes. That's a tricky one. Yeah. I, again, I love that intuitive leap. Like, yeah, it actually makes a difference where you put stuff on a tile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting on the, the far end. Mm-hmm. Um, the main way forward is blocked by this room full of pitfalls where you need to use these keys to unlock these two rooms uh, so you can enter uh, a combination on these pressure plates to create mm-hmm. a path to these switches. Um, this is also really complicated uh, and took me quite a while to figure out. Yeah, um, no, This I... is the point in the game which a little fatigue was sitting in. Not, mm-hmm. you know, again, I was loving it. One of my favorite things in the whole game happened soon. Yes. Um, but the, uh, some of the, like we had reached kind of the scope of pressure plate binary mm-hmm. state puzzles. Yeah. Uh, that I kind of wanted. Yeah. And and this one is actually just a little bit frustrating because you, you, you do the input, then you walk into another room to see, to see the output. Yes. And it's Which very breaks dif- the rules a little bit. Yeah. And it's very yeah, difficult to discern the puzzle because again, you're standing at floor view, like you're not looking down at it. So it was not very easy to like, you know, draw a little sketch that said, okay, yeah. Like if I press the North button in this one, it changes these. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit obnoxious, but it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you move, uh, you move past that. Um, and you, uh, you get to the offering room where these tombs, you have to lay items on certain tombs mm-hmm. to move forward. And the sun room and moon room, which is really easy. You either need to take, you know, have all the sconces lit in one and none of them lit in the other one. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like that should have come earlier, but it was nice to have a little break, especially after the, that, that big mm-hmm. pitfall room. Um, man, this fireball path puzzle, um, where you have to, um, 
basically like open up a serpent door and then throw uh throw an item across to make a fireball change um in midair uh yeah mm-hmm. like one of these that spans uh, uh like basically a whole floor is too much actually yeah yeah, yeah. um i didn't this didn't bother me too much mm-hmm. but it's i don't i agree that it's not super great yeah um, the, uh, the final puzzle involves timing when you step on this teleporter, um, to, uh, be the output and to be in a specific, uh, area, yeah. you know, it, it goes over these different pits and platforms. You have to, uh, put uh, something on it to teleport something onto a pressure plate mm-hmm. and then walk through yourself on a certain area. Yeah. Um, until you get to the final room, the ceremony chamber here, which is mostly uneventful. You get a bunch of pickups and you're like, okay, there's gonna be a boss that's going to appear down here. <laughs> oh, you put the key and it creates a, a teleporter in the middle. I'm like, oh, something's going to teleport there and fight me. Yeah. And instead you teleport up to the other side of the island, the barren desert. And I can't really describe the joy that I, my face, like on my face when this happened. I didn't think this uh, game engine could do this. Yeah. <laughs> it is a huge barren desert with like... You know, 200 mummies. <laughs> like, that was my favorite just, post-rock band, 200 mummies. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, so many fucking mummies. And mummies are really easy. But this ends up being, this is actually, um, if I think of this as a boss encounter, uh-huh. this is my favorite boss in the game. Yeah. Because I think this is just really, really interesting. It is The kind you. of, like, three days of kiting around the desert, <laughs> trying to, to fight these mummies, not getting you know, uh, boxed in, uh-huh. hiding in corners to heal, slowly clearing them out, and then watching the slow methodical progress of these mummies dying. Yes. And while it's happening, there are two magma golems as well. <laughs> that are walking that around doing things, AOE fire. Yeah. Doing AOE fire, which will hurt mummies. Uh-huh. So you can kind of bait them into throwing fire at you or doing fire, yeah. and they'll kill mummies for you. Or you can just stay out of their line of sight. They'll kind of chase you down very slowly mm-hmm. while you clear out mummies in these little corners. Yeah. Um, I loved this. And you think, I, I like <laughs> laughed out loud and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You think how big could this area be? Very big. How many mummies could yeah. there be? A lot. How dense could they be? Four mummies can fit on a square. Yeah. <laughs> Lots just, of mummies. You just spawn like right in the middle of this huge crowd scene. Um, yes. it's, it's a lot. It is an initial overload. Yes. It takes a very long time and you're going to be, you just, you're going to be dedicating a lot to this. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it, it's not, a, it's not a moment that I expected mm-hmm. and no. it's mechanically interesting to say the least. Yeah. It's something very like, again, could not or would not do this in Grimrock one. Yeah. You know, uh, which is real, real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I love this. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the golems are really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're huge. They're two by twos. Mm-hmm. Um, if I recall, right. Yeah. Are they actually that big? Yeah. Yeah, they're two um, by two and, and they're then, very tall. Yeah. They're very tall. Um, they have uh, physical attacks that can hit huge swaths of area like kind of around them. Mm-hmm. Basically, you don't want to be perpendicular to them for very long. No, no. Because uh, they can swing around or shoot fire in all four directions. Yeah. And I was pretty much just relying on Meteor Storm at this point, and that doesn't do damage to these guys. I don't think it yep. heals them. So, yeah, no. like to, to change my muscle memory and use the Ice Bolt spell was... An inconvenience because I am yeah. just a I, I'm just a sensitive little boy. A lot of lot of ra- uh, ranged weapons. Yeah. I took these guys out and I cleared all of the mummies first, you know, to mm-hmm. make it doable. Yeah. Um, so love this. Uh, when killing one of them gives you meteor gear, killing the other one gives you a power gem. Mm-hmm. 
So that's basically why you're in these dungeons yeah. is to get power gems. Um, <laughs> now that you have, uh, and you have more power gems than you need at this point. Yeah. yeah. So you can take the four essences, put them on the all, you know, uh, take them for me. It was the water temple mm-hmm. was the last one I went to, to create the last uh, essence, the water essence, and then can put them on the four correct plinths outside of castle next and get inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and castle next is a very strange dungeon. You know, we've already yeah. been through, like, the big, you know, kind of, like, integrated challenge. Like, Pyramid of Umas specifically feels like this is your this is your climax to me, mm-hmm. especially yeah. with the, the mummies at the end of it. Uh, this is actually really linear. Um, and mm-hmm. each of the rooms, you know, it's, it's kind of like very light combat, but just kind of puzzles that you have to go through more than anything. Um, A couple of very big puzzles. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Um, so when you walk in the lower level is, you know, completely empty, very mysterious, very peaceful. There's a note that says, Hey, um, uh, it's, I am here, uh, Island master. It's your boy. Come and meet me on the rooftop. And he also gives you a cursed compass. Um, Mm -hmm. it's funny because it just says cursed compass. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why would I (laughs) use it? It doesn't work. But. And the way the the compass works in the game, you you found a regular compass earlier. Mm-hmm. You find a watch, which allows you to know what time it is, and you find a compass. The way the compass works is you have to drag it outside of your inventory mm-hmm. to hold it in the middle of the air, and it shows you which way is north. You can also put it is, on an offhand. Yeah, yeah, and it will it'll just kind of do that, but you have to hold it, mm-hmm. you know, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so you kind of move through here again, very empty and atmospheric. The second level is a library, uh, and the stairway up is blocked by this uh, gate and switch puzzle. Mm-hmm. This this is um, the most mist like thing in the game, actually. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is really really tricky. The, there's like a weird little counterintuitive step mm-hmm. to this uh, to me. Um, so you kind of go around the library until you find the hint for it. The order you have to hit these these bad boys in. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick to me, the thing that like so I ended up looking this up because I was doing it right and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, was resetting it every time. Oh yeah. To to the to the blank position. Oh wow! I didn't so do that. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to. Like, I think huh. that you have to, like... Maybe I just accidentally uh, passed through it um, on the way to doing the other uh, the other um, input. That that could be what, yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, uh, you, there's three switches. You hit a combination of them and then hit the switch on the left to confirm to dial in that mm-hmm. combo. Yeah. Then you reset those, do the position again, dial in, yeah. etc. And you do that for three times or whatever and it opens up the thing. Yeah. Uh, you get the hint by walking around these shelves uh, and the sum is a new enemy, these dark acolytes. Uh, mm-hmm. who come in um they're basically cloaked wizard kind of dudes they got snakes coming out uh, and they've got the duet of pleasures both poison and paralysis yeah fortunately yep. you don't fight very many of these at least here in the main body of the castle they're rare yeah yeah yep. um the next level up is the twisted passage i love this uh oh, this is great <laughs> this is so good uh so you, you've got okay a big empty room and you think i'm just gonna take the direct pathway across this no you get teleported back to the beginning um mm-hmm. and all right so there are invisible portals here i've got to go around this invisible maze how am i going to figure this out the cursed compass um will point to whichever adjacent squares have invisible portals um, mm-hmm. So if there's, you know, one on either side, um, it will like point back and forth between them. Um, and yeah, like you just chart your safe passage this way. Mm-hmm. Um, real good. And the next area up above this, this, that's actually what I thought you were talking about. I like this too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the test chamber here, um, this to me is the climax of puzzling. Yes. Uh, in the game, the uh, teleporter um, 
thing you have to do here where you have to change the direction mm-hmm. that the teleporter send things in yeah to time out and then like pick up and mm-hmm. change the direction midway through your walk yep to me felt like the final exam of puzzles yeah it, it feels uh, so portally game. because you have to like lock the spark in a loop and then yeah. pull it off and then make a run like that's probably one of the best uses of reflexes uh in a puzzle yes. in the game yeah yeah, and setting back and kind of figuring it out and puzzling out the behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, always the uh, teleporters, all of them will make it take a left. Mm-hmm. And I need to uh, create the path for this of lefts where it doesn't cross over itself, yeah. you know, beforehand because it will go left first and fuck me up. Yeah, so I like I need you to know? fire it off and then it, like it can't go into a closed loop. I have to um, basically close the loop after it's already in there and then get yes. over to the get over to the side. And and how big I have to make the loop to give me enough time mm-hmm. to get up there to to move the the rock mm-hmm. and and pick it up and get there. Like I love that. Yeah. Um. The stuff leading up to it is fun too. Yeah. And yeah. getting up there, it's like this huge like four floor, gigantic room. Mm-hmm. Um. And the map yeah. is useless in it too because you know, an individual multiple floor. Levels. Yeah, yeah, has multiple levels, so like everything is kind of overlaid on each other. I mean, that ends up being a real um a real factor for the void, which is kind of the next area. Um, this 3D catwalk maze um, yes. that is tricky enough, especially because there's light combat on them. Um, mm-hmm. You're going around and basically trying to connect these just disparate parts of this 3D maze uh, with magical, you know, with magical bridges using these buttons uh, to get the mm-hmm. final one that you need. You actually have to take a leap of faith. You have to jump down uh, from the top level to like the second level to get uh, to, uh, to hit the uh, switch that you need to finish things mm-hmm. out. It's really satisfying. Yeah. Like this is Second where part you... in the game, yeah, Go. I know where you can look down. Yeah, where you need to look downwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also up too to plan your moves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, reasonable, but not as good as the test chamber to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of fire elementals here. Yeah, that's so. a problem. Yep. <laughs> um, but you do this to uh, get forward and get onto the castle castle roof. Mm-hmm. Um, when you step on the roof, the island master swoops down in his dragon. His dragon's name is Lindworm. <laughs> um jeff lindworm and the uh you know he yells at you the whole time and taunts you during the entire battle and they're specific to your actions like if you cast a fire spell you know like a basic one like ah oh, playing with fire how juvenile you cast yeah, meteor, yeah. You, if you cast meteor storm he's real impressed <laughs> and if you get uh if you get hit by you know by things like maybe it's time for a potion hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's not a lot to this boss fight i found this really hard yeah um he summons, he's in a big open area. He summons fuckers. In waves and also in waves yeah. of increasing numbers and increasing difficulty. So it starts out with like yes. basic skeleton things and then it goes to his acolytes. And then in the final wave, he like brings in magma golems and medusas and stuff. Yeah, which is a huge problem. The saving grace of that is in the final wave, he also attacks. Previous to this, he would go into like a force field. Yeah, yeah. And he will kill all of his troops if yes. you let him. Um, so it ends up being like you run away and kite. He can lose track of you as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's big enough that you can be on the other side of the map and he won't know where you're at and have to kind of look around for you. Yeah. Um, it's really tricky. Um, a lot of these enemies that you kill drop things, like drop supplies. Like I mm-hmm. had just like super supplied up. Yeah. Used up all my stat potions, you know, had a couple of those healing crystals 
everyone had several resurrection potions, etc. Mm -hmm. And the game drops more of these for you, which yeah. is really good. It's just hard to see and hard to manage while you're doing this multiple day fight where you're eating like several lunches. <laughs> and, you know, just uh, this is really hard. It's nothing compared to the emboss, which is fucking the true emboss yeah. is horribly hard in this game. <laughs> this is really challenging. And yeah. I don't think great. Yeah, but both both this and the true emboss use chaos in a way that is not really used elsewhere it's very very difficult to manage everything that's going on here and you you can kind of see here is where the limitations of the combat system show right because yeah. you know we're both defenders of this combat system but it is a limited tool set which is a mm -hmm. strength but it does kind of put a limiter on the number of things you can do with it yeah so you know we'll talk about when we talk about the true boss but he does a bunch of things that on, on the surface i can understand what the developers were thinking yeah like that's a clever idea Mm -hmm. You know, for for a game about this, like hitting me with a teleport thing that makes me change directions mm -hmm. is really disorienting in this game. <laughs> Way more lot. disorienting than it'd be in any other video game. Yeah. But you can't couple that with these like absolutely huge high damage attacks. Yeah. You know, it is obnoxious to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, but you eventually kill him. You kill the Magma Gold and stuff. This is a long, tough fight. You're gonna use up everything basically. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna do the, the you know the true ending, you want to gather up all these supplies and all this food. <laughs> Because you might need it. <laughs> just summons wargs, so you end, and the roof is just covered in stakes. It's absolutely, it's a stake explosion. <laughs> it's like John a golden Spencer corral. Explosion. Yeah. yeah. It's the, uh, and the hint that you're not done yet is he drops a power gem. Mm hmm So like, oh, I have four extra power gems? That's weird. <laughs> this can't be the end of the game. Yeah. They talked you about know? a fifth shrine in some of those hard-to-find places. Um, yeah. You know, if you ignore that feeling, you can get the normal ending, which is fine. Right. Mm -hmm. You can go and walk through this gate and you walk to this airship that is docked at the end of this long bridge and it takes off into the sunset or sunrise. Mm -hmm. um, and you got out like your your prisoners can go and return to some kind of life. Um, but uh, the island master walks out um, and looks real disappointed. He like goes, oh, shucks, throws his hat down on the county line, stomps on it and then turns she around and walks back to the castle. <laughs> yep. Goes yeah. goes back around to walk into the castle. Yep. So yep, yep. that's the, the bad ending. Mm -hmm. uh, the good ending is you, you head back downstairs and we'd seen um, there were these keys yeah. uh, on a portal on the first floor of Castle Nax. Mm -hmm. um, and we could not find the keys. Yeah. So that's another kind of hint. There's more to do. Mm -hmm. um, if you head back down, you see the trickster uh, flee towards the hub. Yeah. Uh, so you follow him at this point and that previously locked door is open, taking you to his lair, which is just a boss arena. Yes. Um, um, but it's not active yet. Uh, the only yes. thing of note is that you have um, you have a, a, basically a statue like where you put the uh, the essences in the castle next. It's there and there's like a strange uh, symbol there that matches the center symbol on your casting, uh, your casting yes. runes. <laughs> yep. So if you cast that, you get teleported to the final, uh, the the unity, the balance mm -hmm. rune. Yes. So I'm going to make the essence of balance, which you can then follow into the trickster's lair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing there until you put the balance rune on his shrine. Mm -hmm. And then when we fight the trickster and it's like tough trickster. Yes. Um, you know, he's summoning enemies. He's running around to lure you into traps. There are pitfalls here. Yeah. Um, spikes on the bottom with ladders to get out. But he's generally the trickster. Yeah. And that's that's fine. You know, trickster is no problem. But when you kill trickster, he turns into island master. I love when, uh, he, and this he, is, gets, when he gets when he gets at low health, he starts like flickering between the two forms. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and this is uh, this is incredibly tough. Yeah, 
um, I this I, I find this really hard. Um, the Island Master can uh, do a couple things. So he can teleport at will. Mm-hmm. Um, he can hit you with a thing that makes you change directions, which is incredibly disorienting in this, especially indoors like this. Super, like you, you know, it's just a dungeon-looking dungeon mm-hmm. here, which I think is intentional. Like rather than making this a flashy location with lots of landmarks, mm-hmm. they need to make these areas look a little anonymous. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing he can do is clone himself, mm-hmm. and the clones die in one hit, but they all hit just as hard. Yep. And they, this, they use different elements. Yeah. They use different elements, and they just hit incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really hard. Like I, I don't really like either of these two last boss fights. Like, no, no. I got through it because I, I loved the game and I was powerful enough to, to kind of muscle through with all of my alchemy hoarding mm-hmm. through, but it ended up kind of making the, you know, it's the worst the game got mechanically where I was just like chugging potions basically all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I just, when, the, the only thing that got me through was that I had like those healing crystal shards that I didn't yeah. use in other encounters. Yeah, really, really tricky. Um, but you just you wear him down. You find the correct copy. You do damage. He sometimes creates a shield around himself, mm-hmm. which is also really obnoxious. Yeah, and you just have to move like really quick. Like yeah. it does not feel particularly well suited to this game. I think. Yeah, um, he changes his elemental affinity. So like you, you know you have to very you have to quickly like cycle through different spells you're going to cast at him um, because mm-hmm. nothing else will do damage. That also applies to physical damage too. Um, it sucks. Actually, yeah. Uh, now that I talk about it, like it was really frustrating in the moment. Uh, without the benefit of the adrenaline of feeling like I was making progress, just laying it all out. No, this is not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's forgivable to me because it is the the challenge. Yeah. You know, yeah. boss. This is the 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 final boss of the game. Um, you don't have to do it. It's the the hidden, you mm-hmm. know, hidden secret boss yeah. for the true ending. Yeah. But uh, once you do it, you can get the true ending here. Um, He drops his staff, which is really powerful, but there's nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And his uh, key, which you'll use on that final little thing in Castle Nex. It actually opens every uh, every lock on the island. Oh, yeah, the master key. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go through and get anything you didn't get, you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Yeah. And his testament. Yes. His little note kind of explaining the meaning of everything that you've done. Kind of saying, hey, you know, when the ancestor spirits created the world, they gave the words of creation to the people. um, And the island master, the original one, kind of took custody of it um, and brought it to the Isle of Nex because it was the most defensible. Um, And over time, it became this proving ground to um, find people who are worthy enough to become the next guardians. Um, and by passing all of these tests, um, Willy Wonka is giving you control of the chocolate factory. Um, mm-hmm. And it is yours now to protect this very, very kind of potent world creating magic. Yep. Which I don't know what that means. Like, because no. me, me and my three, my three rough and rowdy boys are yep. going to like, <laughs> you know, just hang out eat turtles yeah there's like no people here it seems like a really shitty way to live yeah you know it's not fun there's not even that trickster yeah like (laughs) i killed him you know who am i supposed to hang out with yeah uh the uh so you can use that key on the first floor um and then your party walks the cutscene your party walks in this huge library and treasure chamber and you approach this tome and you open it up and it shows a diagram of grimrock mountain so i think this is a is this a, a prequel I think so. It's like the design of Grimrock Mountain, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe you build the Grimrock Mountain yeah. to maintain things. I do not know. It feels like just like, oh, well, shit, this is the secret ending. We need to do something that connects us to Grimrock 1. So, like, yeah. I, I, maybe that's the instinct that did it, but don't know. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. And then that's that, that's the game. That's Legend of Grimrock 2. Yeah. You know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard when you have a final boss that you were real negative on to like leave that and get to a glowingly positive, um, final summation. Incredibly small part of the game. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's the very end only. mm -hmm. And, uh, you can power through the, the first final boss Mm -hmm. with the, the equipment, if you've been reasonable with your provisions. And I don't think that getting the, the true ending, I think you're okay if you don't do that. Yeah, just watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, this ended up being more obnoxious than it needed to be for me. Yeah, and almost everything up into it was a joy. Yeah, like there was a couple puzzle bummers we talked about in the pyramid and the crypts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are real, yeah. but that is you spend so much time in just absolute like bliss. Yeah, you know? um, you know somebody on Twitter, you know, because I, I I tweeted something positive about it, and you, you you had been really glowing about it on Twitter. Um, back when you when you beat this, you know, I I, I basically went, went up to and beyond the the buzzer in finishing mm-hmm. this because it's a long and difficult game. But they're like, yeah, this is probably like the most you know like low key thing you guys are going to declare a masterpiece. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. a masterpiece, um, yeah, yeah. and you know something doesn't need to be massive in scope. I'm not sure if it's true of this game, um, like it was of Grimrock One, but Grimrock One was made by four people. You know, just, yeah. but just by this team up in Finland there, this, I think, ha- you know, probably had a bigger team, you know, maybe even just for assets or whatever. But like, this is a modest product that um, chooses a rare goal, you know, like not a lot of stuff is actually like attempting to do this kind of thing nowadays. And it just hits it out of the fucking park, you know, yeah. like it, it, it calls a rare shot and nails it, um, you know. And I think that holistically, that is the that, that that is the takeaway from this. That something doesn't need to be you know grandiose to be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's 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 huge and sprawling feeling, mm-hmm. but within like technical limitations. Like it is, it's like it would have been the Red Dead Redemption two of like nineteen ninety eight <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. You know, it is it is huge mm-hmm. feeling, uh, and it it pulls its punches when it needs to. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's the it's long. Like I think my play clock on this is like thirty six hours, yeah. which is huge. Yep. Like that includes a false start, but that's really long for something <laughs> we do in one week. Yeah. And typically, when people patronize things like this, we're like, eh, yeah. that's a little long yeah. for like a patron episode. I'm really glad we made an exception for this. Yes. Um. And yeah, I uh, I will do it. You know, check out everything these developers make. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to playing the rest of uh, Grimrock One. Yeah. And the replay I started, like, I, I love this. Like, yeah. if this at all sounds like your shit, definitely give it a chance. Yeah. Um, because it is, uh, and it's also, it just feels really good to find things that are made for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, that's such a good feeling. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't like this quite as much as I liked uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 mm-hmm. as far as RPGs, but it's really up there and it gives me tons of hope for like, man, RPGs are good again. Oh, woo. <laughs> you know, we're like, back, baby. We're back, baby. Like, <laughs> like PC RPGs, they're doing it. You know, not, you know, yeah. 
Tyranny is really good. <laughs> this is really good. DOS 2 is really good. Yeah. Like, fucking A, man. They're killing yeah. it. And just, you know, like for, for, for me, you know, just uh, I, I'm less into the crunchy RPG than, than, than you are. Although I, I, I enjoy that as well. Um, something that has that, that is basically this atmospheric that has these kinds of puzzles um, and has these kinds of systems that are so well integrated with each other, like kind of really hits just a bunch of sweet spots for me, too. You know, yeah. it's a, this yeah. is a good Venn diagram game, I think, for both of our sensibilities on it. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the puzzle, the puzzle element is, is a, like you know, a 60, 40 Cole Gary split and mm-hmm. the crunch is yeah. a 60, 40 Gary Cole split, mm-hmm. but together it makes one perfect. Yeah. Perfect little pie. It's just so good, uh, man. What I'm happy I played it. <laughs> yep. What a game. Good yeah. shit. Thank you, Rowan. Thank you. Um, if you have anything to say about Louise's Mansion, Legend of Grimrock 2, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, or Wolfenstein, The New Colossus, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact by the 15th of April. Yes. Um, uh, if you have thoughts about multiple games, please separate them um, if possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps us. It put is possible. The, uh, yeah, it is. You know. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, okay. You can yeah. do it. We'd, we'd appreciate it. I'll be good. I'll be good <laughs> cop. You be bad cop. That's fine. Yeah, I'll be bad. It is possible. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for doing it in advance. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, additionally, uh, you know, uh, watch on Patreon for the um, prompt to go up for uh, the dispatch episode for your Q's and your A's. Um, the deadline for maze games is May the 15th. It's always the, uh, the 15th of every month. Uh, Gary, what are the games for May? Do I remember? Uh, um, it is the uh, 21st Celeste. night of December. Yep. Okay. Hi- uh, Hypnospace Outlaw mm-hmm. and RE3 make. Yes. Okay, uh, that comes right. out at midnight. I am yeah. really excited for it. <laughs> Yep, yep. I, uh, I'm going to play it this weekend. Mm-hmm. I wasn't originally going to play it day and date, but I'm kind of in a gaming slump. Yes. And uh, I think it will help my slump. Gary's going to get his groove back. I'm hoping to. Yeah. I'm going to go have sex with a young Haitian boy or whatever happens in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a guppy joke, a running joke. <laughs> yeah, of, okay. Uh, me bringing that up and then Will being like, he's not that young. Uh, <laughs> as, 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 like Will's instinctual defense of how Stella got her groove back is very funny to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, if you like the show, um, you know, we mentioned uh, the new Colossus in there. We're also talking about three make. We have premium episodes. Mm-hmm. The way you get those is by giving $5 to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash duck TV. We understand money is tight. It's tighter now because we're in a national crisis. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, five bucks and then you can de patronize. And if you can't do it, uh, we put a lot of stuff for free and we're very mm-hmm. happy to do so. Yes. Yeah. Um, we are fortunate to be able to do this work um, from mm-hmm. where we live uh, and we're going to continue doing it. It is nice to have a purpose, however frivolous or modest it might be. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, mm-hmm. Range reviews on Apple podcast. Also, I appreciate it. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, what should they watch out for? Cole? Uh, damn leprechauns. Yeah. Tricksters. Mm-hmm.